Holman, to start the show, I need you to guess something. Before we can even, I'm just too giddy about this particular soundbite. Is that because it's the 60th episode? Uh, it is? Is it really? Yeah, it oh, hold on a second. This is Omar from K-Rock calling me. Oh, hang, hang tight one second. Hey, Omar Khan, you're on the air here at the Truck Show Podcast. How you doing? Omar! Hey, Lightning. <laughs> yeah. Hey, do you still feel uh, Woody's show is uh, better than Kevin Devine? <laughs> <laughs> um, not not on the record, no. Of course not. Why would I, why would I feel that? You f***ing ass. <laughs> I'm not. Hey, hey, Omar, where are you and why are you yeah. drunk? I'm drunk because uh, I just like DJ the thing and uh, <laughs> I, you know, I got a bunch of important people here. I got President Obama right here. This is no joke. Okay. Every, every single show, one, all 60 shows, this is our 60th episode. 60! And every single show, we get an email where they say, We love your jingles, and no one's ever heard from Omar. At K Rock, oh. and we want to thank you for putting these jingles together. Thank you, Omar. Okay, well, I'm gonna say. Young <laughs> <laughs> up on us. Wow. <laughs> he doesn't like us at all. He was drunk as a skunk. Omar is a DJ. Uh, he for at, at K Rock, the radio station here he's done in all LA. Our jingles. But he's not. Well, I guess he's not really a DJ. He's an actual DJ where he spins ones and twos. Yeah, you can hire does, for your wedding. He does weddings yeah. and all that stuff. Well, if, if you're in LA, he's sure. probably not going to fly. But anyway, he does a lot of our jingles. He did the intro, and he didn't do this one. But I need you to guess that thing. Can you guess? Can you guess? What was that sound, Holman? It was a Cummins. It, wow, what, really? wow, that was fast. No, I was just guessing. No, that was, well, okay. okay. So here's the deal. What is it? Uh, well, it's definitely not a Cummins uh, six-cylinder because mm -mm. they don't sound like that. Mm -mm. And I was thinking that you were going to try and trick me, mm -hmm. and it didn't have the, uh, there's a certain sound to a Duramax in a, mm -hmm. in a Power Stroke. Right. So I figured it didn't really sound like those. I know it's not a six-cylinder Cummins. I'm going to say it's a Cummins, and it has a throatier, uh, yeah, I'm going to say five liter, mm -hmm. which means it's a uh, Nissan Titan XT. Yeah, yes it is, it is. Yeah. Sweet, because uh, I Now, totally wait a minute, wait, stop. This is not any Nissan Titan with a Cummins, all right? Can I tell you that Nissan Titan is putting out 550 horsepower and 950 pound-feet of torque? It's 550, 950? 550, 950, Ooh, put together by CFT Performance wow. in Collinsville, Illinois. It sounded healthy. Yeah. Now, I want to play another clip for you really quick here. 550, 950. 550, 950. Check this sound out. This is in cab. Ready? Yeah. Isn't that crazy? That thing revs fast. Yeah. Real fast. But listen how throaty that thing is. Because that, that has a higher RPM red line than the, uh, the uh, six-cylinder does. Okay. And hear how fast those shifts yeah, came? Yeah, let's do that again. Dude, that's really fast. Oh, my God. Man. It sounds so mean. Dude, I wonder how fast the thing is in person. I can't wait to see more people building up Titan XDs. So the dude from CFT Performance called out the guys at Venom. Oh, really? Now, Venom, as you guys will recall, have the currently the fastest Nissan Titan XD. Okay. 
And um, this guy's like, not anymore. So have they run it on the track, or do they just have the most power right now? Uh, I think it's just most power is Dino. So okay. he wants they want to do a race. They so need to do a throwdown. They they yeah. are going to do a throwdown. Yeah, no, this is a uh, it's legit. Like he is hanging it out there, and he called he called the Venom guys out uh, by name on a video on his Facebook page and said, "Let's race." What's the Facebook page so our uh, listeners can go check it out? Uh, CFT Performance. Okay, like Carlos Frank. Uh, tur- turbulence. <laughs> Do you not know the phonetic alphabet? No, I don't. That would be uh, that would be. Was it CFT? CFT. Yes. Charlie Foxtrot Tango. Okay, got for it. all of our military and police officer <laughs> friends out there. You didn't like turbulence for uh, T? Yeah, I don't. I don't think. Li- I, I don't think Lightning has ever uh, done the phonetic alphabet on. No, uh, no, I yeah. haven't. Sorry, I'm bad. You at know, this. I I actually remember. I could do the whole thing all the way through Z. Uh, don't do it. I but I know it's it's in it's rusty. Okay, but, but it's there. Let's not do it. Let's just let's say we did it. Okay, and, and then, then let's and skip then to the part where we talk about the best warranty in the business. The best warranty in the business? Yeah, five-year, 100,000 miles on the uh, Titan and the Titan XT. And that would be from our uh, presenting sponsor, uh, Nissan. Yes, what, were you fishing for it there? Uh, yeah, I was thinking <laughs> it, that would be uh, November Indigo... Um, th- uh, Are you trying to do Nissan? Sierra, Sierra, Alpha, November. <laughs> yeah! Oh, well done. Oh, man. Oh, my gosh. All right. And also, Decked. We want to thank our friends at Decked that make an incredible storage solution. If you guys are, you've got stuff rolling around in the bed of your truck, just seriously pause after this show and type up Decked.com. You will thank us. The Truck Show. We're going to show you what we know. What the truck Cause truck rides with The truck show We have the lifted We have the lowered And everything in between We'll talk about trucks that run on diesel And the ones that run on gasoline The truck show The truck show The truck show It's the truck show With your hosts Lightning and Holman and Omar. <laughs> <laughs> you know what's funny is after hearing Omar call you, yeah, it was funny to hear his voice singing the intro. <laughs> <laughs> it was very strange. Do you think he's going to be mad? Should, uh, should we? Uh, don't even ask me to cut him out. No way. No, I'm, no, no. I mean, but we can't. Uh, you I bleeped him. Yeah, oh, oh, yeah, he needs to be bleeped. I bleeped the heck out of him. Do you think he'll be mad that that we put him on the podcast? Uh, no, absolutely not. Are you kidding me? He would do the same thing to me. So uh, for those of you who uh, don't know, and I'm sure we've talked about it before, Omar Khan from K-Rock. We're I'm sorry, they call him DJ Omar Khan. DJ Omar DJ Omar Khan <laughs> from K Rock, uh, where Lightning used to work, mm-hmm. does our has done a bunch of our jingles, all the original ones, and, and he helps us out from time to time. And uh, if you guys ever want to hear like the history of the Kevin and Bean show, if you're from the LA area, they have a cool podcast called the B Team. Mm-hmm. Oh, so, you mean the one out. that was started by this guy with two thumbs pointing at himself? Yeah, that guy who I'm like, man, you know, if I want to start a truck podcast, this dude already knows how to do podcasts. I should call Lightning up. Yeah, you know what? We need to say that we've got two great guests coming up. Uh, first is going to be uh, Jesse McGinnis, and Jesse is the owner of Watch This Freight, and we will explain how and why when we get him on the phone. We've also got Scott Cobbett, and I believe it's Cobbett. He'll have to correct us when he get in, but I didn't even realize it when I called him the other day to line up this interview. He's like, hey, I uh, my cousin is one of your great friends. And we're like, what? It was like one degree of separation at best. Anyway, Scott 
is at a company called Wheel Pros. And unless you're in the industry, you haven't heard of Wheel Pros. But Wheel Pros owns all these amazing wheel brands like KMC and American Force. And and we're gonna get into some of the behind the scenes. So if you're into like if you're into wheels, which I assume a lot of you are, like I would us, guess so, right? Uh, I, you're gonna you're probably gonna whether you're lifted or lowered, you're doing something with your you're wheels. You're definitely doing something with your wheels. So you'll probably be into this. So what are we kicking off into first, Holman? Well, uh, I think we're doing uh WTF. WTF. All right. I'm going to dial our friend, our new friend, Jesse McGinnis. He's my old friend. I've never met him. I know you haven't. Everybody's my friend. Uh, everyone is your friend because you, you're friendly. You're a friendly kind of guy. Do you think after the show we can be friends? Uh, oh, yeah. I, I, I think so. All right. Well, He's a cool guy. I'm definitely going to hit the, uh, the dial button. All right. Dial. Jesse. Hello. This is Jesse. Jesse. Lightning Holman Truck Show Podcast. How's it going? Oh, it's dude. going great. All right, uh, Jesse. Before we can talk to you, got to play a play. Uh, got to play an intro. Don't move. Pull up a stool and share. Pull up a stool and share a story. Pull up a stool and share. How about you pull up a stool and share with us? Well, Jesse, if you were here in studio, we'd have you pull up a stool or a chair, but you're not. So just pretend, okay? Got it. Okay, good. <laughs> All right, so we got Jesse McGinnis, and Jesse is the CEO of Watch This Freight. WTF. Get it? Watch This Watch Freight. Watch This Freight. Now, I found Jesse online on Instagram. I started following him because he has a really cool uh, Ram 3500 that he brought to SEMA, and he's got some cool graphics on the, on the side, and he's done some really cool motor so work. So immediately you thought, he's my people. He's my people. He's totally my peeps. Okay. Yeah. I like and that. then... I and he was. I knew that he was hauling cars to SEMA for some some high profile clients and stuff like that. And so when I sold my dually a couple weeks ago, Wait, you what? Yes, exactly. You yeah. sold your truck? We talked about that <laughs> on the previous did, episode. It's yeah, it's still shocking. It me. is shocking, isn't it? <laughs> so speaking of high profile clients, do you think that you were Jesse's most lowest profile client ever? <laughs> I don't know. He, I've seen him like haul some hay bales and stuff like that. You know, like big giant, like. I don't know how much those things I, weigh, but like I bet you those uh, farm equipment. I bet those hay bales had more value than what you sold your truck for. I mean, what are you doing? Why are you putting <laughs> down the truck, dude? Just, well, I love the truck. It just took you a long time to sell it. It that's did all. well. I mean, it did. I was asking a lot for it. You know <laughs> what I mean? And so anyway, my first call was to Jesse. I'm like, I have a weird one, dude. I have an oh, I have a really wide load that needs to be <laughs> hauled to Minneapolis, Minnesota, and um, and he's like, I got you. And so we just broke we, we broke down and, and he he made it happen and yeah he found a truck within like a couple of days and it wasn't one of his he had to subcontract cuz he didn't have his Cummins in in town here in the LA area. Well I saw so, the pictures and there was a uh, there's a semi hooked up to a trailer. It was a semi. Yeah, that's so correct. I, that's why I was impressed with it. But Jesse, I want to hear from you how much of a lightning story was complete BS and how much of it was true. Hey, how dare you? <laughs> no, I mean that that's pretty much how it goes. Um you know, obviously, with, uh, with when we're hauling nice trucks like his, we like to have our, our trucks doing it and our drivers doing it. But, you know, the guy, the person that he sold it to wanted the truck there sooner. So we just we just find the first truck in the area and, and sent it over there to get it picked up. Now, it's pretty cool. So we wanted to talk to you. And this is not about just me thanking Jesse publicly on the air. I thought that it would be a valid conversation because guys are buying cars from cars and trucks from all, all the around the country. Yep. Exactly. And they're trucking them in, whether you buy it at an auction or eBay yep. or whatever, it's got to get I to you. I shipped the uh, XJ to Louisiana. Oh, so there you I, go. I had to go through that. I remember I had a 51 Willie CJ3A that uh, went to Dubai and uh, had to be shipped to uh, to the port for the new buyer. So, yeah, I think if you're in the automotive industry, you certainly are on the lookout for 
who does those types of jobs. But also, Jesse, we're curious, how'd you get into it? And, you know, what's it like just from the standpoint of a business owner hauling freight across the country? That's, I mean, that's a pretty unique job. The way that I got into it, um, like, so hot shot is like kind of what we, is that the business is around, is based on, is like the expedited freight. I was going to, I was flying to Texas just to buy diesel trucks back in like 2016. You could still buy a diesel truck pretty cheap in Texas. And I was bringing them to Washington and selling them. I only did Cummins because I knew how to work on them. And I knew that if I broke down the side of the road, I could probably just fix it and and make it home still. Right. But that's what I was making the most money on was these Cummins. So I bought a truck from a guy who had a hotshot business. And when he told me it was a hotshot business, I didn't even know what that meant. I was like, that's cool, whatever. (laughs) I bought the truck from him. But You just thought it was a a term for being cool or something? He's I, a had, hot yeah, shot. I had no idea. Okay. He's like, he's like, it was a hot shot business. I was like, oh, that's cool. And so, okay, hot dinner, shot. Though, <laughs> he, yeah, okay, exactly. So he invited me to have dinner with him because I just bought a truck from whatever, I guess. And so I, we started talking about it. He's like, yeah, it's expedited freight, like for the oil field. And I was like, oh, that's, that's cool. Like, what do you haul? And he told me all the kind of stuff that he hauled. And we don't really have that in Washington. Like, we don't haul like oil field stuff in Washington. We don't have oil fields here. So, but the idea that, that interested me was expedited freight, like being able to show up to a customer same day um, or within a couple of days and, and transport something, whether it's across town or across the country immediately it interested me. So the whole entire drive home from Texas, which is pretty boring. I was just calling businesses around Washington and asking if they had any need for that. And, you know, a lot of them didn't and some did the ones that did, I just wrote it down on a piece of paper and kind of held on to it. And, so wait, you're so, calling you're calling rando businesses just going, "Hey, I'm some schmuck that would love to haul your stuff." What? I mean, how do you even make that call? Basically, I would just call them and I would just say, "Hey, um, uh, like one of the cust- one of our best customers we have now was a steel fabrication shop. They do like hand railings and signs and artwork." And I'd driven past their their building probably 100 times and I just always looked in there and thought it was cool. So I called them when my first call I was like, "Hey, how do you guys transport your product after you build it and they're like well on a semi and i'm like oh that's cool like have you ever needed a truck like same day or have you ever had too much freight for the semi where you needed a smaller truck just to do like one quick load and they're like well yeah i guess but we just wait for the next semi and i'm like would you be interested if we could if i could show up same day and transport your freight and they're like well i I guess like where are you guys based out of and i'm like well i haven't started the business yet but i'm just kind of seeing if it's something that i can do by the way, that's what and every shop owner wants to hear. Is yeah, uh, <laughs> I haven't started it started yet, yet but, but I'd like you to be yeah. my first customer. <laughs> Guinea yeah. pig. Well, I did. I kind of that was my kind of my feeler for it, right? Like I didn't want to go out and and start a business with without any demand for it. And so I kind of after pissing off enough people on the phone, I think I kind of figured out how to word the conversation where I could interest people into potentially working with us should a business, you know, be started. And that's that's kind of how I started it after talking to enough people and kind of figuring out my, my sales call over the, the 40 hours or however long it took me to drive home, I figured out the right customers that I wanted to work for and, um, and just kind of went from there. And so, uh, I needed a CDL. And so uh, I used the GI bill and got my CDL. I sold the trucks that I just brought back from Texas. And by the way, thank you for your service. What, uh, yeah. what branch were you in? I was army. Were you stationed abroad or no, so I joined when I lived in Delaware, and by the way, don't ever go to Delaware. <laughs> I was going to say, I don't know anybody who's ever said I lived in Delaware. Yeah. Now we yeah. do now, Jesse. Oh, yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, I think I have there's, all 50 states covered now. Right? <laughs> yeah. There's not a whole lot there. That's for sure. I was pretty eager to get out of there. So 
um, I joined and I, I was stationed at Fort Lewis and like in Tacoma, Washington area. Yeah. When I got out of the army, I was, um, or I was getting out of the army. I started applying for jobs locally and got a job here in Washington and I just stayed here. Didn't really have a desire to go back to Delaware. And going back to the uh, CDL, so that's commercial driver's license for those of you who may right. not have heard the term before. And that's, uh, that's essentially the endorsement that you need to be able to, uh, haul things commercially across this uh, And it's what you need now to buy the new 2020 Ram with the max tow package. <laughs> well, you don't need it to, to buy it. No, to but tow. You, you do need it to tow if your uh, right. gross vehicle weight rating is high enough. And, and gross combined so, weight rating. Yeah, so if your gross vehicle weight is over 26,000 pounds, then yeah, you have to have a class A CDL and a lot of that's a misunder misconception, misunderstanding for a lot of people. I think they they think oh, it's a pickup so I can drive it. My grandma can drive it. Why? Why can't I just drive it? Well, yeah, but, and they'll get a uh, triple axle, you know, triple slide out, forty foot, you know, RV, and with marble floors and wood paneling and uh, two microwaves and a waterbed, and all of a sudden, you, you know, those things can get pretty heavy. But if you look at what the uh, the gross combined rating is, even if you don't have all that weight to get to the gross vehicle rating in your trailer or your truck. I believe if even the gross combined rating is that level, whether you're hauling it or not, if you've got those two things hooked up, I think you have to have a class A for that. There's it's kind of a, a gray area of the law. Like you can drive a, a diesel toter home or a or a, a RV with a toy hauler behind it and, and you don't need a CDL, but then you do if you're doing it commercially. The way the is way that why so everybody start, has not not for hire down the side of it. Mm. Yeah. So here's how I was explained to it by the Washington State Patrol. When I was starting the business, I had no idea about trucking. So I just, I'd get on the phone, I'd call State Patrol, I'd, I'd call the scale houses, the port of entry, and I would ask them questions. And and I did a lot of reading online. And the way that the DOT number and the way that the CDL was explained to me was you can hook up to a trailer and haul whatever you want, as heavy as it is, whatever, if it's for yourself. But the moment that you're being compensated for it, you are then doing it whatever the compensation may be. If you're, if your buddy offers you a six pack of beer, then you're being compensated. You now have to do it under a commercial driver's license with the Bummer. number. And also need a breathalyzer when you're done. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, you're not, you're not drinking yeah. the six pack while you're driving. Yeah, well, I mean, while but when you're, you're done, it. eventually yeah. you're going to drink it, I would imagine. Well, you can have a .08 if you're not without a CDL. So Yeah. Well, having a CDL messes you up. I, I don't know if it's the same nationwide, but in California, that number drops to like 0. .01. And you can't go to you can't traffic, go traffic school. school. Right. And you have yeah. to have a, a medical, I think it's every two years. Um, and you can get a non-commercial uh, Class A in California, which uh, allows you to drive the big motorhomes and things like that. And I, I would guarantee you most people don't even know that exists. Um, but yeah, there's a whole mess of rules. Um, we had a number of years ago when the F-450 came out, Ford had asked from the, from the uh, magazine media side, and they said, hey, we're willing to send you guys to get your commercial driver's licenses. If you want to go, we'll pay for it so that when you come on our media program, you can tow all the heaviest stuff. And at the time, David Kennedy from Diesel Power, I believe, took them up on that. And uh, for me, I could have done it, but then looked at all the restrictions. And I'm like, mm, I don't, uh, I don't uh, tow I, enough. When, to- when I joined Banks, we mm-hmm. had a Freightliner. With a uh, 40-plus foot trailer mm-hmm. for the race cars. And I said, oh, I'm so excited. I want to you know, tow this thing around. Yeah. And Gail and his son-in-law. And I was like, you don't want that hassle. Yeah. Yeah. The, the, the amount of things that change when you go to a commercial. And even if you're not working, you have that commercial driver's license, you're held to a completely different standard. Right. And so it's like, eh, you know, I tow. 
a fair, really fairly often, but I don't tow that amount at that level enough to justify it. Let's talk about being a hotshot. What are the things you, I, a couple of topics we want to cover really quick is what do you like to tow? Do you have any preferences? And then what should people look for when they're hiring a company? Because I honestly, I had friends that had towed vehicles to SEMA and around the country for me, but I had never hired a company. So I was asking some of those questions to you for the first time. So let's start by telling us what do you enjoy towing? Is it is it vehicles or is it freight or do you have do you care? I mean, honestly, the most satisfaction I get from from uh, being in the transportation industry is just like having a happy customer and being able to like being able to show up same day and like moving freight that is like expedited or what they call like a hot load. That's probably the most fun. Cause it's like, you, you I'm not going to play the sound effect right there. Come on. That, you know, that was a, that was a, point. All right. That's what she said. Thank you. I mean, seriously, this this conversation has been littered with like low hanging fruit. Oh, that's what she said. Exactly. Low hanging fruit. Thank you. I mean, that that's probably the most exciting thing, but probably like, the coolest thing on the trailer is going to be like the SEMA trucks. I mean, that's, that's probably the most exciting. You're rolling down the road and not only are people kind of break their neck because you have a cool truck on the trailer and then they get next to it. It says WTF on the side of the truck. And that's <laughs> your, your truck, the one that you, I think that is yours, correct? The one that you drive the, uh, the, the, the new Ram the lifted one. Yeah. yeah so he, he draw he tows with a lifted Ram that looks so sexy on the road. And it's got the huge WTF, and it's got like a red, and what's well, mostly black with some splashes of, uh, I want to say it's yellow, red, and, and, and blue, but it's cool graphic. You can see it on his Instagram at Watch This Freight. If, if someone's never hired a transpo company before and they want to hire, you know, they want to hire you for, uh, or anyone to pull their truck, what should they be asking? Um, I guess when it comes, like if you're just hauling a car, there's, there's so many options out there on how to, how to get that done. Like we also have a logistics company that we operate. And what that is, is basically like if you have something that needs to be transported, you don't know how to get a hold of a legitimate trucking company. Um, there's there's logistics companies that kind of handle that. And um, what we do is there's there's a lot of resources out there that the Federal Motor Carrier Safety Administration or the FMCSA have so that you can actually find out if a carrier um, is legitimate or not. And you can go in there and you can search a company and, and they might their their insurance might have been revoked or their authority could have been revoked if they failed an audit. And you can find that information right online um, by trying to do it yourself. And then you also if you're hiring the transportation or the trucking company directly, um, you can request a, a certificate of insurance. What that is, is, they'll just they'll send a certificate with your name on the bottom proving that that they have um, insurance and that you could be added as additional insured. So when we haul like some of these SEMA trucks are over $200,000 and we haul stuff like that. We'll send the owner of that truck or the business, um, an additional insured. So, so that their product is insured individually. Should there ever be a claim, uh, the insurance company will, will, um, pay them directly as the owner versus paying the transportation company. And then the transportation company reimbursing the individual. There's a lot of resources you can go into with that, but just requesting a certificate of insurance is probably the easiest way to go about making sure your, your stuff's insured before it goes down the road. When I travel this great nation of ours, uh, I, I cross countries several times a year, and I see the hotshot guys out there, and you see them all over. Nine times out of ten- They're driving rams. They're driving rams. Yeah. Why is that? Yeah, why is that? I worked on diesel trucks as soon as I got out of the Army, and that was- I worked on mostly the Cummins, but 
we were all the Cummins that were coming into the shop were coming in for maintenance. And then all the Fords and Chevys were coming in for a lot more than just maintenance stuff. Mm. Like they were, you're having problems with either um, fuel pumps or always had something. There was always something wrong with it more severe than just like an oil change. In. I was going to ask about the transmission because everyone's always kind of they're like, oh, I love the Cummins engine and the Ram, but you know, the transmission, it's not well, as good the as the older Allison, Rams. So the, the newer Rams, like the Eisen is a good trans. Well, that's what I'm, I guess I'm asking. So the one that's yeah. in your truck is bulletproof. Um, well, I guess everyone's, everyone's going to tell you something different in regards to bulletproof. The, sure. The thing is with the, the Eisen transmission right now, why it isn't a problem is the individuals that are buying the trucks and optioning for the ISN transmission are not likely the ones that are deleting it, turning it up to the fifth tune and just blowing black smoke everywhere. They're usually people that are putting them to work. And so the ISN transmission is great as long as you don't try to go make a bunch of power with the truck because then just like any other transmission it needs to come out and get built for that. So it's made for longevity and not high horsepower. That's well, my understanding. I mean, it's not made, meant for the more crazy than factory. For sure. right. Okay, so yeah. not right. exceeding factory. Yeah, right. because okay. I mean, it's in the new Ram. It's a thousand, right? And it's that's the Eisen that's in there, the six right. speed. And so it's it's a very very heavy, very stout. And in fact, I've heard from a couple of manufacturers. There's more than one that use that transmission or version of that transmission, and they, you know, because they're always trying to cut weight and all that. The Eisen is very heavy, so you have to make a conscious decision to use that in the truck at the expense of something else Got because it. it is so overbuilt. Your passengers. You, we have yeah, no well, passengers. Hey, that's how I roll. Right? <laughs> <laughs> so I, I'm curious too, um, you know, when I see all the trucks, right, it, literally it's like nine out of 10 are Ram. I passed one last yeah. night on the 605 yeah. freeway. It was the, Ram carrying trucks. And the 10th one is a Ford. And I can I have in probably, I don't know, the 10 times I've driven cross country, I've seen literally one or two GMs. Like nobody chooses the GM for hot shotting. It's, it, it blows my mind. But everything's it's always a ram. I think the um, the direct connection to the Chevy is what they were rating them from the factory until until recently um, was deterring a lot of people from from getting into them. And then I think the you can get a pretty nice ram for quite a bit less money than than getting like the Denali. So I think that was probably another another reason. But the longevity, the number of miles that the Cummins are known to run for, I think. Everyone, everyone gravitates towards just the Cummins engine. I think that that's probably the that reputation does a lot, right? Yeah. I mean, I think if you're going to make that kind of um, capital investment in your business, and maybe you ha- haven't had the experience before, there's something about the Cummins reputation for re- uh, reliability that I think people really appreciate and are willing to take that chance right. with, with those trucks. How are you as a business owner? I don't know if you've heard, you know, all the new truck war numbers we've been talking about over the the past uh, few weeks with you know, um, the GMs being up over 30,000 now, the Rams being over 30,000, I think it's the 35,500, um, the Ford's up there, and now hitting that 1,000 pound-feet of torque. Uh, it, does that excite you from the standpoint of a commercial operator, especially now when Ram has said their chassis cabs are now available or will be available this year with the full safety suite, adaptive cruise control, and blind all spot. the electronics inside. And you can actually get it the chassis cab now with the limited trim level, which you couldn't get before. So now you're not giving anything up to have that that gross vehicle weight rating. And then Ford announced on the Super Duties uh, the F600, which is basically an F650 with an F550 body. Does that excite you to see those types of innovations are now entering the work truck and commercial truck space? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's definitely interesting to see how 
how the I guess the mid class is really changing because before it's like you have a one ton truck or you're you go to like a semi and and in between you have like an international I guess or the smaller trucks but it's really cool seeing the the big brands doing the the more work trucks and and really pushing the pushing the limits of what you know engineering and what technology has to offer but regardless you're a ram guy yeah i i would <laughs> try to stick with them i just i like i like the peace of mind i think that uh you know i haven't i haven't hooked to the types of trailers that we have with the ford and i haven't ran them and and saw how they how they performed um a lot of guys tell me the fords pull a lot harder and and that's that's fine but i haven't seen maybe but a couple fords that have over two hundred fifty thousand miles on them and of those rams rolling down the road if you stop each one of them you're going to see quite a bit with those those higher number of miles and you need you need the truck to perform for more than a couple of years in this industry or else you just you know you won't make it right 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 hey let, another question that occurs to me so jesse so you're rolling a lifted dually and you've got uh more aggressive tires these are not like long haul tires or you know like big rig style tires so you've got to be burning through those tires like every how many miles you you got to buy the the right products i guess you can buy a cheap tire that doesn't you know just just like for the 16 inch or the 17 inch wheels that the trucks come with you can buy a cheap tire that lasts 25 35,000 miles or you can spend the money on a good tire and it's going to last you a lot longer um so we we run the toyos on ours like the toyo mud terrain tires on open country mt yeah best, great, great tire yeah, such i love that tire but when i saw that on your truck and i noticed that is that i was stunned that cuz i, I it's a great off-road tire, and yet you're right. doing long-haul towing with those things. Yeah, just just got back from Alabama with it. This this truck's got about twenty-five thousand miles on the tires, and I would say the the rears are probably just a little bit over fifty-five, sixty percent. Wow, oh gosh! And, and the fronts are probably at like seventy-five. That's so what? impressive. What size are you running? Uh, 37, 1350. Oh my gosh. Wow. Yeah. Same it, as my truck. Yeah, exactly. Uh, you know what I like about yeah. the Toyos is they're incredibly round. Um, we've done a ton of tech stories and tire shootouts and all that. And there's a, there's a few, there's probably five brands that I love working with. And there's only a few brands that I put on my personal vehicles. And one of the things I've always been impressed about uh, Toyo is the quality. I, I've actually yeah. seen them go a 37, go on a wheel with no weight. Oh really? Because it was so balanced. Yeah. Coming, you know, they just make a very round tire. When you get to those anything above a thirty-seven, you know, you start having issues. I've seen guys with forties, forty-fours, and they're just—it's a disaster. It's a lot of tire. Yeah, it's a lot of tire, and it's just there's nothing they can do to get rid of that shake. But I've never had that issue with a Toyo, and I've man, have I run a lot of Toyos? Yeah, you have. I wish Toyo were paying me to say this, but they ain't. <laughs> they're just good tires. We should call them and say, "Come sponsor the Truck Show podcast." I have tried. <laughs> I have tried, and they yeah. have a small budget. Julie, Jay, uh, Stephen, if you guys are listening, we yes. uh, we want you to come. We want you to come on the Truck Show podcast. Yeah, and Stan, <laughs> I know Stan's listening. Stan, oh, Stan come on, come now. on, man. come on. What do we have to do? Do we have to host uh, a show or uh, an award ceremony to see him again for you? <laughs> how about how about I'm hosting something for him Saturday? Okay, well. <laughs> You work your magic. I really have. Oh my gosh! All right. Well, Jesse, look. How can well, people get in touch with you if they uh, if they want to haul some uh, some freight? Um, I mean, we're we're on all the social media platforms: Facebook, Instagram. Um, they can email me or I have dispatch at Jesse at watchthisfreight.com or dispatch at watchthisfreight.com. But I mean, the power of social media today is like is it's amazing. We get a lot of business. You know, one of our one of our top customers when I first made the Facebook page 
back in 2016. One of our top customers now, which we work for four different of, the, of their locations, uh, we were found by the um, um, on Facebook. One of their uh, forklift operators found us on there and, and contacted us. Yeah, you never know who's going to be the influencer inside of a company. You don't have yeah. to get to the CEO. You can get to anyone inside the building like, hey, you should check out this company. Watch this freight. You know? hey, would you rather yeah. have somebody who shows up in a truck that's as cool as the one that you're hauling or somebody who's indifferent that has 20 different trucks on the back of his trailer and you know, you can't even communicate. Dude, I've sent home direct TV trucks that showed up all shoddy at my house. They're like, yeah. I came to do the install. I'm like, get like, out. Yeah. Go away. <laughs> yeah, go like, clean your truck. No, exactly. dude. It's like- no, it, it would Take Jesse, some pride. When Jesse pulls up with that rig, you're like, okay, whatever whatever yeah. I got, it's getting on your truck. Yep. No problem. No problem at all. All right, Jesse, we appreciate the insight. Yeah, not a problem. It was good talking to you guys. If you guys have something to haul, watch this freight. All right, brother. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks so much. Yeah, thanks. Thanks, right. Jesse. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. How'd you like a little five-star hotline, Holman? Ooh, I love me some five-star hotline. Oh, come on and be part of the show. Call the five-star California. I saw your guys' Instagram video this morning about mini trucking, and my question is, when are you guys going to have an episode about goddamn mini trucking? <laughs> uh, should I just say my uh, my canned uh, phrase of, we're working on it? Yeah. All right, we're working on we it. We are working. Oh, we're, I mean, we don't have an ETA on it, but uh, what, what did you think of that Instagram? Soon-ish. I posted that a couple days ago. We had no less than five people email us mm-hmm. or tag us in stories with that. Oh, really? Yeah, I was like, hey, all right. Yeah, awesome. Hey, Chris, <laughs> crew. Yeah, see, uh, you're, yeah. you're, hey, uh, you're late to the party. It's like the dude who brings like a keg of beer to the party, but everybody's already passed out. Yeah. Like, that's, I had a couple of those. I'm like, He walks in with one under each arm, yeah. you know, like a six-pack. Where is everybody? He's like, party. Oh, yeah. oh and everyone's. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yeah. So anyway, thanks to everybody who sent that. That was pretty awesome. If you uh, head over to our Instagram, you can uh, see it. Uh, my it's mini, par- trucks, mini trucks with uh, beds, beds hopping. Yeah. Beds, beds hopping and scissor lifts and the whole thing. It's I awesome. Have a clue. It had to be SoCal, right? Oh, yeah, for sure. 100%. Yeah. There is the last drive-in. I'm pretty sure in the Northwest, there might be more. I might be wrong. But there is a drive-in theater in La Grande, Oregon. I know that because that's where my dad lives. That's where I was born. And they still run that bad boy all summer long. Oh, and I just found out that uh, I took my truck to a diesel shop. It's a 97 Power Stroke. And it turns out that the previous owner put a Banks power pack on it. It's got a Banks intercooler. Oh, all Banks tune on it. or I don't know. He said it's got a Banks bunch of bank stuff. Sounds pretty cool. Love Gail Banks anyways. Love you, Lightning. I mean, I guess I... I guess I love Holden too. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yes. Love you guys. Uh, uh, I guess I love cool. you back. Yeah. I mean, look, Gail's been doing diesel performance since, uh, oh my gosh, 82. But, I but think, think it about was. it. How many times in our last year of doing this show mm-hmm. have people either emailed, called, or come up to us and said, I bought a truck and had no idea, and there are all these banks parts on it? Yeah. I mean, we've heard that over and over again. It's well, so funny. Well, here's our problem is that Gail engineered the products to not fail yeah so i don't get to replace any parts they're like oh they're still running yeah. i don't need them i'm like you're like good they're, they're working fine. anyway <laughs> <laughs> on the shelf. by the way i think uh i think these truck show podcasters look best when you have a belly i think you guys modeled it after yourselves i imagine but they look best with my belly like the belly makes it best work work better the skinny guys just can't do it you gotta have a belly to wear a truck show podcast shirt 
That's interesting assessment. Uh, You've got that in spades. Our truck show podcast T-shirts look better if you're plump. I uh, am wearing one right now. (laughs) I think it's just the uh, the slimming black tent of the uh, extra extra medium that I'm wearing. Here's the thing: is that you know, uh, look, we're in California, and a lot of guys are fit, and you know the the. You're your beach dudes, right? And, and people and, don't have jobs and, and well, family and now, travel. Listen, so a lot of the guys like, and they wear that Hurley shirts or Volcom or whatever the brand is, and they wear those really paper thin shirts that are more form fitting. And, and we're like, if you, but that's not the rest of the world. That's not us. That, that's not Holman and myself. We're, you know, we're we're not f- fat and slovenly, but we are. What? You know what I mean? <laughs> we, we are just, we are not fit. All right. No, we're just your average guys. We're average dudes. So what I did is I went out when we got our shirts. I got a box cut. It. I love this brand called AAA. It's all style and they're local. It's a six ounce shirt. So what it does is it covers up everything. Looks good. Covers you all up. You don't have man boobs showing through. Yeah. No, you know? I, I think, uh, you know, still one of my favorite shirts. Yeah. Although yours is pretty raggedy, like you've you've watched that quite a few yeah, times. Yeah, it definitely is. Uh, has gone with me place. I, hey, at least I'm wearing mine. I yep. Oh, what am, I, am I wearing one? <laughs> oh, what are you wearing? Uh, oh no, 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 you got a big shirt I on. Got a big shirt on. I came straight oh, from work. Well. All right. So don't forget if you want to uh, leave a message, tell us a story, tell us uh, what you like about us. Six five seven two zero five sixty one zero five. That is the five star hotline. Five star. Five star. Five star. And since you can't remember that and you've got both hands on your steering wheel, when you get to a spot, click on our Instagram, at Truck Show Podcast, and then go to the uh, the profile and you'll see a call button. Just push the call button and and then leave us a message. And enjoy the voicemail. Exactly. (laughs) That's right. We left a (laughs) wacky voicemail. Um, All right. So it's time to bring in Scott Cobbett. I I, I hope I'm not butchering his name. I'm going with Cobbett. I, okay, well, I'm going to ask him. How do you pronounce your last name, Scott? Cobbett. Cobbett. Okay. Uh, we get the Kobe. We get the Corbett. Ooh, Kobe. We get the Kobetti. But it's weird um, because cause you have one B, so that should be like Kobe. It's, it's the least sexiest version of what it could be. Got it. Okay. So it's now, Cobbett. Scott is the chief marketing officer at Wheel Pros. That seems like a pretty right? important job. Now, so you're thinking, okay, Wheel Pros, and, you, and you're pause and you think, I don't know the Wheel Pros name, but you you do know the brands, right? So let me let me open this. Oh, my computer just froze again. Let oh, me help you. How about out. Yeah, let me help you. Why don't you go through? Yeah, the let place. me help you out. So it's 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 an evolving. Uh, it's always evolving, but I, I think the people will recognize the most is KMC, American Racing, American Force, um, Moto Metal, XD. Uh, gosh, see, I can't even remember all of them now. God, it's. I'm doing a terrible job here. <laughs> no, um, you're fine. Asante is a big one. Um, we we are. They the... make beer, right? Asante Super Dry. No, that's <laughs> yeah. That's a Shanti. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, no, Shanti is a. Oh, Shanti. I'm sorry. Shanti is yeah. at the strip club next door. Exactly. Um, <laughs> Let us gentlemen step up and get your dollars out. We've got a Shanti on the center stage. Wow! Don't ever do that again. <laughs> we we have a pretty big portfolio of brands. We're we're very. Particular about making sure those brands have their own identity. Um, so don't think that I'm Costco talking Kirkland right here. So each one of those brands has someone that's in charge of making sure that they are consistent with their look and feel and the way they go to the customer is the right way. So Wheel Pros is a company that has gobbled up all the brands that we cared about. I mean, I started with... Um, Whoa! Right? I mean, that's a little harsh. That was, that? That I was, was rough. Gonna, I that was rough. It. That was rough. I mean, why is it? Why, it's, it's true and it's okay. 
I thought like I thought this was going to be a happy place. Yeah, <laughs> Scott. Now you basically no. just dined him out for being a massive conglomerate ruining no, all of our favorite see, I, wheel but, brands. But, but, no, I didn't say ruining wheel. Did, <laughs> did I say that? Did I it say was that? The inflection in your voice. I felt it. I felt the pain on the inside. L- listen to me. And uh, so I am. I I watch. I I have friends who work at KMC. Who uh, who write? Who are, you know? Part of the team. I have friends who work in the building. I have uh, and and I have the, friends who used to the work. The DNA there. has not changed, and it's what's that? Yeah. <laughs> you guys were have been very good at making sure that those brands were you know uh, unmolested, so to speak. Yeah, it, it's no lie that the wheel business is a bit incestuous. Uh, and if seriously, and if you're not in the industry and don't know that. I'm sorry, but that's the truth. What's fascinating is like wheels have always been so from a magazine guy perspective, right? You know, doing features and builds and all that. Wheels were always the thing that were like the most prolific, but the hardest thing to get because like everybody, their mom decided that they were going to be a wheel company and then the guy would be gone the next day or the next week. And then you've only had like, you know, a handful of brands that have really stood the test of time. And everybody has either come in to, and private labeled or or become something or tire brands starting wheel brands or, or uh, some guy in his, you know, shop deciding that he was going to stick his name on, on wheels and they're popular for a little while. And it's just, it's a fascinating world. Um, I've, I don't think there's anything else that's like it in the automotive industry the way wheels are. It's, it's an easy thing for someone to say, I'm going to start a wheel brand and call a company in China, call a company somewhere in the U.S. and say, I want to make wheels. Where it comes down to is customer fulfillment, styles, um, making sure that people are happy. We are a fashion-based industry, let's face it, right? And making sure that people are getting what they want is the most important thing. I do like what you said out of that is we have kept it fairly unmolested. That's a hard for me to say word. <laughs> um, but really, it's 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 about making sure that what we're doing in each aspect, and I'm sure we're going to get deeper into this, but um, you know, we try to make sure that it's pure to the, the consumer that's buying it still. And that's all we care about. We want people to be happy. We want to make sure that when they're purchasing this product, it's not a small purchase. Right, it's it's something that especially when it comes to American Force, it is something that when you buy wheels for a vehicle, it is the biggest change you make, and making sure that someone's happy and goes through a good experience through that is the thing that we are so so. That's where our pride lies, honestly. We mentioned the word brand, but I want to talk about that word for a second because people just they oh that brand this brand okay to become a brand. You can't just say, I have a brand. A brand is something that is earned over time. I think you would agree, right? Yep. You, you can call yourself a brand, but it doesn't make it so. Yep. To be a brand, KMC, for example, had to earn its place in the market, in racing. And, and it wasn't just a brand overnight. So they were true to racing. They were really, really innovative. And they, they became a brand. At first, they were just wheels. Yep. Well, American racing, too, goes back. I mean, that was one of the, the original, well, like, real... So my pride in American racing is that American racing was... Think about Levi's, right? Levi's was the first jean company. And this is what I preach to people. Levi's was the first jean company... And now I have a I have a four year old son wearing Levi's. I have a seven year old daughter wearing Levi's. I'm wearing Levi's right now. They have a cool factor that just goes no matter what you do. Then I got a dad that's wearing Levi's and he's out there like plucking roses, right? Right. It, or is he wearing Dockers because they own no, they're owned by no, Levi's? No, no, not wearing no, Dockers. No, okay, no. good. Whew. 
But I'm saying <laughs> American racing really has that cool factor to the fact where it can it can appeal to everybody, but it was also the first one ever there. You know, when they started um, American racing, there was no aftermarket wheel companies out there. Wow. To think how many choices we have today. 1956. And 1956, you had stock or you had American racing. That's it. And think of all the great wheels, kidney beans and, mm-hmm. or how about the AR25s from the, you know, 80s and 90s racing and Baja and Rangers and stuff like that. Yeah, slotted mags and uh, torque thrusts and, you know. Watch your language. Well, easy. <laughs> <laughs> ATX series, American Force, American Racing, Asante, Hilo, KMC, Motegi, Moto Metal, OE Creations, and XD. What's it like having all those brands under one house and then maintaining that integrity for each of the brands? Are, do those brands have their own teams to ensure that the messaging and, and the designs are true and authentic to what the brand's missions are? Yes. All right. That's my short answer. Yes. <laughs> How about a longer yes. answer? <laughs> um, no, the answer is yes. I, I, each each person kind of has a an assignment on, and I won't say one person doesn't have only one brand, but sure. they have two brands or three brands, um, depending on, let's face it, we're in business, right? Profitability. Uh, but most brands have someone that's focused on what that looks like, working with design, working with sales, working with marketing to make sure that we are doing the best with that. And they're the ones that are out there, boots on the floor at the events, making sure that we're hearing what comes back from the consumer. You don't want to walk into a, a mall or a shop or somewhere and say, this is the only thing you get to get because that's what we're giving you. We want to listen to what people want. And American Force, huge, huge listening ear to the ground on that. American Racing, huge ear to the ground on that. XD, huge ear to the ground on that. And you think about automotive culture too is there is so many different spectrums of it and it's it's not an easy it's not an easy thing to do but we try to listen to what everybody wants and make sure we're producing a product that comes out of that. Although hold on I have to take point on that um because when X when they created XD when KMC cuz XD now spun off of KMC, right? But when XD was a wheel under the KMC heading like that was a really innovative design, and people weren't asking for it. They said, "We're going to go. We're going to do something nobody had seen." Are you before. talking about Rockstar? The Rockstar, right? Okay. The Rockstar wheel, and that is the 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 chrome star in the middle. They had a, a center section that stood out like three inches. It was so unique, and it completely took the entire market by storm. No, before that, there was one wheel from KMC that made the statement Slide. that the stealth. The that was Which on one was every freaking like every truck at a truck show was rocking KMC stealth for about eight to ten years, and huh. I got so burned out on the stealth. And it's it's a cool wheel, but it was like, oh, could you have chosen something else? But the 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 X the um the Rockstar the Rockstar is yeah. that's the one that that immediately got knocked off by every company around the world. We handed out so many cease and desist on that thing. Dude, <laughs> I can't even tell you. Now, so you were with KMC? I've been here for five years. Oh, five years. Okay. But I got lots of tribal knowledge on how it, it worked before. I was I was at Oakley for eight years before that. Okay. But- uh, No, that's kind of cool. That speaks volumes about you. You get the cool factor. The branding, yeah. There are a lot of marketing people that don't, they're in marketing, but I don't understand, they, they're, they're not cool or they don't understand cool. I'm a brand guy. I'm a brand guy, 100%. So I left Oakley voluntarily because I grew up around cars. I'm like, you guys, 
I love trucks. I love cars. I love even though I saw you have a mini, I don't know how I think about you now. <laughs> he he, uh, and, he it had you. A, and it has a rotiform plate frame. What the f***? <laughs> um, I'm friends with Brian, you know what I mean? Uh, and, and Artie. And, it doesn't make you cooler. Yeah, I um, <laughs> I'm a brand guy, right? So what we're going back to is I'm, I'm, I'm pure on making sure that the brands speak for themselves. Um, and then going back to KMC, we're talking about the stealth and the rock star and things evolving. Um, where we're seeing a lot of big traction right now is this industrial look. How so? What do you mean industrial look? So we have two wheels, uh, full, full metal jacket. We're looking at like, these are like big, chunky, tankish looking wheels. And it was something myself and Eric Grieving, who runs our product development, have been kind of messing around with. And we were like, let's just see what happens here. And it took off. You're it talking about American Force, right? No. I'm sorry, which one? I'm talking about XD. Oh, the XDs. Okay, sorry. Yeah. This industrial look is something that's that's coming in big. Um, FMJ, full metal jacket. I like naming wheels. Right? <laughs> we, always, we always drop a few Cures lights and we drink there you name go. wheels. Yeah. <laughs> well, you got Grenade. You've got the Pike, the Snare, the Boneyard, the Spy, the Mammoth. Oh, the, the Boneyard was mine. That was oh, my, dude, you got the Heist. Uh, I like the, the Panzer the myself because it looks like uh, a wheel that would be on like a uh, armored. So the Panzer's vehicle. the other one. The Panzer's yeah. the other one. And and these, if you're going for lightweight, these aren't the right wheels. If you're going for strength, the way that wheel's designed, you can hit potholes with reckless abandon, and you're yeah, not going to bend that thing. We're <laughs> seeing the market move that way big time. Um, you got the FMJ pulled up right there. It's, yeah, and it's right next to the machete. machete. <laughs> but the FMJ and. So we call them industrial, right? Yeah, and that's just I, I think internally. And you're that's sort what of we call mixing; it. they're like chunky shapes with some hardware exposed, mm-hmm. with some anodized for a little bit of uh, a color. And I'm seeing that a lot in the wheel industry. Is to um, me, this is like an ultra four wheel. Well, no, it's no, it's really, really not. No. It's it's the Rockstar customer is moving into this kind of wheel now. Honestly, okay. Let me so, like this the FMJ has a lot of different options and accessories that you can move around. Um, it's sort of like the new version of murdering something out. Like I, we've we've joked about this before that as soon as the OEs are doing something, that trend is passed. Um, so like this is like the new version of murdering out, where you're sort of moving to some more contrast, some colors, a little bit of pop. It still has that sort of really like uh, uh, you know sinister and 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 chunky look to mm-hmm. it, but there's a little bit of uh, you know some texture, some color, some some pop out of it. More bolts. You can go to a bigger style. You can go to you know you can go, you can run a twenty by ten and have a big um, mud train on it, whatever you want to run, but it still doesn't look like a mall crawler wheel, right? I don't and you know guys if I'm are allowed experimenting to say that word here. with sort of a, a, a few uh, different I, finishes now too, where you have sort of some matte finishes, some gloss finishes, some different colors. You're you're throwing some like a bronze tint. You've got some charcoal tints. It's it's pretty cool to see the wheel industry moving beyond just the black the black murdered out wheels. Yes. Now you use the term mall crawler, which oh, is God. what I own. I, I but, know I shouldn't say but, that. But no, no, it's all it's all no, good. You have a mini. Bro, what are you talking about? So I I just sold my lift to Dooley, and yeah. it had 20, right. 20, so 20 you have twenty four so inch forces. He's on not it. wrong. You have right. a mini. Right, <laughs> my my wife my has pants. a Tahoe with twenty two inch grenades. Yep. That, trust me, that is we all know that it, it's the vehicle that's never going to go off road. Let's face it, like this industrial wheel could do both, and that's why we kind of like that. And it's it's got that chunkier, more 
exposed. It looks like it has two beadlock rings on it, yes. and it's sort of like two tier. There's a lot of it's there's a lot of surface detail and depth to it. It's not just like a you know just a normal cast wheel where you sort of cast it, you powder coat, and you're done. Yeah, this actually has. A lot of it's it's very interesting. It's a very interesting look to it. Well, you, you yeah, the multi layer, and it looks like something that could be on a big rig or a jeep. No, or a, ar- armored uh, armored, armored personnel carrier. Yeah, gotcha. I mean, it looks yeah. like the wheel that you'd see when the SWAT team shows up at your house. Now, a wheel like this, you've got a lot more into it. This is a cast wheel. Yes. Okay, so that it's it's lower price than a you know a solid billet yes. wheel. Yes. Right, and but you've got a lot of pieces on you've got uh you know uh, uh fasteners re- all the way around it chrome fasteners the rings reversible the bolts come out you can change whatever you want you turn that ring over it's black you can change the bolts to whatever you want um we have so many a lot of these again and this is what's moving past the rock star is um and by no means is anything wrong with the rock star but i think the next evolution is we can change bolt colors. We can change ring colors. We can change stuff like that. And that's that's really what we're looking at in the future as far as being able to do slight detail changes. And that's what well, people that, are interested I like those removable rings, though, just from a function standpoint. Because yeah. if you take them off-road and you scuff up the ring, you take the ring off and you get a new ring. And the wheel itself still looks good. And yes. you're not out a, a new set because you exactly. got rock rash on the side of it exactly. or whatever. But do you, other than that, do you, how many how many people, do you have any feedback from customers? How many how many people are actually swapping these things out for different colors? Or is it, because I, I, I got to suspect most people slap them on the car and then leave it. I would say a lot do. Oh, really? Um, but we've made a point where I always, I, my joke internally is that we should invest in Krylon. Okay. <laughs> we, we've seen a lot of people taking the bolts out and painting them, um, rings painting them because they're trying to do color matches to their vehicle. The best thing about Rockstar 2 and 3 was we color matched it to Jeep paint codes. So people I were- I didn't know eight, that. Yeah. So we matched it to Jeep paint codes. So when people bought a Rockstar 2 or 3, they could buy those accessories and essentially match it to whatever that color was. But now it's just – it's the world is so crazy. Everyone's doing all kinds of different additions and ads and everyone wants to do their own thing. We've kind of said, okay, this is changeable. Go ahead and do it, right? It's easier to do it that way than us trying to supply them – all the colors they want, sure, which we right. are actually 100% capable of. That's a lot of skews. Yeah, it's yeah. Skews. <laughs> a lot of skews. Yeah. And how do you, you know, with all the bolt-on pieces, America Force pretty much started that on the billet wheels where they had colored inserts mm-hmm. and all that kind of stuff. And now I'm seeing it go to the cast wheels and some of the other brands. How do you keep those things balanced? How do you keep the wheel from having too much, you know, uh, additional weight on it in order to, you know, get the smooth ride out of it? How much money do you want to spend? <laughs> um, American American Force side is totally different. American Force is pure custom yep. what you want. The majority of our business is obviously cast. Cast, also cast, we are able to provide any kind of um, custom paint you want to do. But on the American Force side, I mean, it's just what do you want to do? Yeah. And, well, and, and American Force are he- done here in America, and I think a lot of people – Sort of lament the fact that the wheel industry has moved offshore, and there's a uh, there's a company that makes a, a wheels for the Jeep aftermarket, and they had a lot of they're known for making American-made products, and so there's a lot of pushback on their wheel line. And the reality of the situation is that tooling doesn't really exist in the U.S. anymore. So I'm proud to announce this. Actually, I'm glad you brought that up. It was on my list, and I didn't know if it would come up, but 
Um, we actually purchased American Eagle back about this time last year. Okay. Um, that's so, a brand that's been around a long time. Since, yeah. As long as I've been around. So we're, we're going to dabble with American Eagle. But the, what we got out of it was um, we will have a cast or we do have a casting facility okay. in South Carolina. Very cool. And we cast our first set of wheels last week. All right. Okay. So we You're are hearing cast, it first on the Truck Show podcast. You are. We cast are, wheels, mass produced cast wheels coming back to the that's USA. That's what I'm saying. American okay. Racing, um, American Eagle, and a few other brands that I can't talk about yet. We are casting wheels in America. I, I think that's that's huge because the the reality is is that it's not all coming from China. Yeah, anymore. those those machines and the ability to do that, and with the regulations, like literally companies were bought, and those machines and that equipment was shipped to Taiwan and shipped to China, and that's where all the wheels come from because that's where the machinery exists, and it's so expensive with environmental regs and all the stuff to to own a forging or uh, or casting and. All that stuff. So you're going to get a call from Trump here soon, congratulating you for bringing <laughs> uh, it home. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think that's huge, though. I think I think the truck market, especially the American pickup truck and and uh, full size truck market, I think they demand to have access to American made wheels because that's probably one of the last bastions of your vehicle where. The only way to get it is is a forged wheel or American force. It, it's or? it's a huge story for us. I I have I've kept it pretty under wraps until we get it rolling. But yeah. I'm going to tell you guys right now. I mean, South Carolina, man, we're making wheels, cast wheels awesome. in America, and we are the only company I know of right now doing that. Now, forgive me for not knowing. These are sand cast or these are die cast. I don't know much about the hot wheel cast? making Cold process. Cast? I'm just kidding. We're making, it's like think of an omelet. Like you're pulling it into a mold. You pull it in. You oh, no, no. Pour it into a mold. There's sand casting and there's die casting. So one requires you can you pour it in. You've got it. They're different. Uh huh. You don't know? We don't have the answer. I, I haven't you? been to South Carolina to their factory. I have no idea. About it. I'm guessing that is sand probably, cast. I'm guessing it's probably isn't a die cast. I think it's like when you make a model. Well, out well, of well, die <laughs> cast, Hot Wheels. But yeah. when you have a lot of detail, you and many times you can't sand cast it. The detail's not there. You've no, got to die cast it like you would with a metal toy. Yeah. Okay. So that's very expensive. That's why I brought it up. Yes, so you can. You have, brought it up because it was expensive. Well, so that's where I was going to go <laughs> because it's 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 difficult to do. There's a lot of machinery there. There are locally to where we are now in Southern California. There's half a dozen sand casting facilities. If you dream up a part, you want to make an intake manifold or something like that. If you're good in CAD, you can send them and yes. have them cast apart. Such is not the case with a die cast part. No, this is a three hundred something thousand square foot facility that is just going to have molds running through it and it's just doing pure die casts. That's amazing. Can we tour it? Yes. That'd be kind of fun. Yeah. Why don't you guys come out uh, mid-summer? Let's come out. Dead serious. I would do that in Can heartbeat. Can we uh, take No one else is doing it. We are the only ones that are going to be not pulling stuff from China for a while. That's amazing. It's what a good that, American story. It is. It absolutely is. It, what will that do to the price point? Well, I mean, it's got to go up. It has to. But that's not such a bad thing. It's, People are willing to pay for it. It doesn't necessarily. Well, there's. You didn't know you were going to get all the hard hitting questions. I know. Tonight, now did I'm you? getting the hard hitting. There's this thing called a tariff right now. Yeah, it's jacking up all the aluminum yes, prices. It is. Yep. It helps us with that. Great. However, there is a labor cost difference. It actually it will balance out. In the end of the day, but I can also put a sticker on the box that says "Made in the USA," which, which is, is huge, worth a couple of bucks for yes. sure. I mean, that's a that's a whole marketing campaign. Yes, yeah. dollar and cents wise, I can't say that 
you know, it's going to be this much cheaper or this much more. No, I get that. But I'm going to be able to say it was made by John. John's going to sign his signature on each wheel that goes through, slap sticker, made in the USC, QC'd by him, and it goes out the That's door. That's badass. How many companies have approached you? I guess the news is fairly new, so, but I would assume- Will you have of, capacity to cast- Private other, label yeah, stuff. private label wheels or anything like that? Or are we getting too deep in your business model? Worse than my wife. <laughs> well, look, I, mean, I mean, look, a lot of guys- I haven't seen your wife, so I'm not sure. <laughs> I, but I know we're both pretty ugly. You know, well, it's interesting, because I was around with Miles and Herman and Dub, and when they launched their line, and all these guys in Southern California who thought it's, they could have their own lines- There's a and, lot of people in our dish right now, but we gotta, we've got to do it right for ourselves first. That's the answer. That Fair enough. Sense. Yeah. Yeah. I, I want to make, you know, and I think my bosses, I report directly to the CEOs. Really what we want to do is make sure that we do this right. And if we're putting a sticker with an American flag on it, I want to make sure that it's 100% totally right before we start answering those kinds of questions. Got it. America, F, yeah, man. We should play him our uh, our truck review. I don't uh, think, uh, well, that's, yeah, our truck review. It might sound familiar. But it's going to be a great story. I mean, it, it's not all brand. Truck review, <laughs> yeah. Rolling, <laughs> dragging, truck nuts. Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What, yeah. what else you got on there? Oh, I got a lot of stuff give me over some here. Good, some, give me some good. Um, well, I, I got to wait till you say something decent. Yeah. You know? Well, well, why don't why don't we just go through the intros for him for fun? <laughs> go we haven't played all of them the in so long. Yeah. Well, shit, we didn't even play one for him. He yeah, said we, he. No, we didn't. Did we not play an no, intro? No, we didn't for play. You? No, oh, no. My God, I, Scott, I feel like so oh, lame. You're not right allowed now. to say anything until we play your intro. Jeez. Oh, Welcome to the parts department. Screw, nut, filter, oil, grill, tools, wheels, tires, brakes, lights, gears, belts. And your wife warns you not to. Don't you spend our money. And then you'll want to come back. Oh, my God. What a sin we did not play his intro. It's Again. Like, it's like 25 well, minutes into the interview. Because uh, you, got interview. So, you got so excited that you all yeah. knew the same I people. Right? I'm going to yeah. tell her not to listen. This oh, time. my God. You know what we should do? We should play the uh, country version of uh, Innovator because we haven't played that in a long time. What? No, that's just randomly. Yeah, why he not? You just have, randomly gets, played Truck Review. He gets two in it. it no, we're just, we're just playing them because it's You already said we're like family. You're the Innovator Motorator. You're the Innovator Motorator. I feel like we haven't played that in a long time. The so Innovator Motorator, yeah. Hmm. I don't know if that fits. Uh, he's parts department. He's, <laughs> he's, Scott's he's definitely in the parts definitely department. Definitely in the parts department. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks. And Appreciate we're spending it. money that uh, pisses off our wife. You know what I mean? Unless well, we buy her a set of rims, too, and then My she's wife happy. is super well, supportive. She's not going to listen to this now. <laughs> um, <laughs> she's like, I thought you were on a podcast. You're like, no, no, no not so, not not so, so much. much. Uh, okay, keep it coming. You're like my therapist. What else you got? Oh. That's what she said. <laughs> See, because he said, "Keep it." Yeah, yeah, it, yeah. It's, okay, it's, got, it's it. got it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was going to say uh, Lone Star Throwdown, where you had a story about that, but I wanted to bring something up. Uh, so we were there in the mud pit uh, yep. that was Lone Star Throwdown. Yes, and, it wasn't uh, that bad. We lucked out this year. Admit we lucked out this year. There were body drop dualies driving around, slammed on their bags. Trying to push, get out of the mud, pushing mud like a bulldozer. <laughs> yes, yeah. yeah but here, were. here's the here's the thing that got me is there were a lot of Wheel Pros brand wheels out there, especially the American Force. Obviously, American Force had an amazing booth and and huge presence there. 
And we were walking down this one like pathway that had it, it was asphalt underneath and like dirt on top, and the the mud had come from a higher point and washed across the road. And and I'm watching these trucks drive through this mud, right? And I'm thinking, man, that thing is such a gorgeous truck. Why are they doing that? And you're looking, they've got 26s, and they're flossed, and they got the you know no sidewall, and the mud's deeper than the sidewall, and there's these gorgeous hand polished aluminum wheels. And what's inside the rim? A bunch of damn rocks and dirt <laughs> as the wheels going around, just scuffing the ins- Oh, it was just a I, pain I, to me. I love the fact that they didn't care, though. They were like, nope, no, we're, we're going to show show. off. We're going to do it. We're at a truck show. Yep. God hates Lone Star Throwdown for some reason because <laughs> yes, it always, always is mud. Yeah. And you have these beautiful trucks that just are stuck in the mud. Yeah. Um, Lonnie and Todd need to move the date. They need to move it. I know well, that that's kind of sacrilege, but it's just too early in the year. So there's two things about Lone Star Throwdown that I take away. Cow <laughs> floats. <laughs> yeah. And do a parking lot lock. Parking lot walk, because you will see oh, what reality we is. We looked across the way outside of the show at that overflow parking that's across the, the yeah. highway there. That's the... Those are where the real cars are. Yeah. It's funny because it looks like everybody's self-parked, right? Yeah. And so I'm like, man, there's a truck show across the street. And we're, we're up where the, uh, the, um, the, I guess the rodeo It was a center. mud bog over there, too. And they had parked in a way where they had cleared out like a 300 by 50 foot stretch of mud. And there were dudes like flags flying out the back of their pickup, mud bogging through the middle of the parking lot. <laughs> and it was awesome. We were like watching from, I don't know, we were probably like, you know, a thousand yards away. And you can just watch all this. Mud. What's going on over there? <laughs> it was awesome. It's, uh, what'd you guys think of it? I love it. It's cool. I will go every year. It is cool. It is so cool because it covers everything. Everything. And like there just, were Baja style trucks with Texas plates on it. Tell yes. them about the scouts we saw. Oh, yeah. A bunch of international scouts. I mean, you don't go to stuff and see scouts anymore. You just don't, you know. And there we saw a number of scouts. There some, uh, there's this, obviously the C10 Corral, which is filled I was with say, everything. So I have a for yeah. C10s and K5s. Okay. Well, then. And you, that's a great show for that. No Viagra needed on uh, yeah. Lone Star. None. Uh, and then there was, uh, you know, there's a good mix of weird stuff too. Like so, uh, we were we were talking about, uh, you know, we're gonna go and we're gonna find some Nissans at the show. Sure enough, in the American Force booth was a lifted Titan XD, and then on our way out, there was a body drop, new body style Titan that looked awesome. There was a uh, older uh, mid '60s. Um, Dodge, uh, it was a D100, I think? Yes, it was a D100. With a uh, 6.1 Hemi SRT swap in it. It was like, one of the most gorgeous builds. Um, it's just a lot of auto. There's some rat rod kind of stuff. There was lifted stuff. There was brodozer stuff. You have there the mini slam. trucks over Every, back yeah, behind minis. the yeah. barn over yeah. there. Yeah, I mean, everything. So it was, it, I was amazed for being where we were that the diversity of truck was. I, we even saw an old, um, it was an old uh, Datsun. Old Datsun pickup. Oh, there was what's the, the with that crazy the Toyo, one? There was the, the Toyo Pet too. Yes, to, uh, Toyota. I think right. Toyo, Toyo Pet. Toyo Pet. Yeah. I yeah. think. I mean, I got I got back into mini trucks just because of that show last year. Honestly. Oh, there it is. <laughs> All comes back to mini trucks this on the Truck Show Podcast. Yeah. So Scott, we always have the conversation because whether it's Aaron Kaufman or it's I know Mike Finnegan, Mike Finnegan, it all comes back to mini trucking somehow. Aaron and I had dinner at. PRI this year, and we just sat. We sat next to each other at St. Elmo's, and we talked about mini trucks for an hour. I was like, "Man, this was cool in high school," and I kind of like. I swear, we're I working. I want to do it again. We're working on a, a mini truck episode. Yeah, and we're gonna have uh, see if Finnegan will come back. Maybe uh, Mike Alexander from Mini Truck Magazine. We'll see if he'll uh, he'll come on. And uh, we got to get a little group of uh, old school mini trucks. Probably have Marcel back. 
Bobby um, from Sadistic. Bobby from Sadistic. Brett Oaks would be a good oh, one. Dude, yeah. if you could find okay. a clean S10 that's still like doable. Yeah. Ugh. My wife would hate me again. Now, what, Don't listen again? to this. <laughs> Courtney, do not listen what to this. Did, what did you drive? Did, what Earmuffs, did you, Courtney. What, what did, did you drive when you were in high school? Did you have a 69 Camaro? Okay. Well, you're oh, way cooler cool. than either of us. Yeah, yeah that's I, cool. I, I'm a, I'm a car haul. What did you drive in high but school? But the 69 Camaro is kind of jockish, isn't it? Uh, not mine. No. What, what did you no. drive? Uh, I Why drove are you so judgy an, about I, I drove Camaros? an 84 Accord hatchback. See, you and I both suck. I had an 87 Accord LXI, yeah. but I had fuel injection. Mine I was, was anti-jock. I had a cigarette and rolled up pack in my sleeve. Yeah, yeah. you did. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I like that. That's good. I want to talk about American Force for a second. Okay. So American Force is a really unique brand that doesn't really, it hasn't permeated the West Coast. Yep. Uh, you can find it, but it's not easy. It own, the, American Force owns the Eastern Seaboard. Yes. A, I want to know why and get your opinion on that. And then B, will it pop on the West Coast? Why? Because there has been a long-standing, again, we're going back to fashion here. There has been a long-standing view of people on the West Coast like things flush to the fender. They like 17 by 9, 18 by 9, big tire. Right. Lots of sidewall. Starting to see some more. I actually met with a customer today. He wants a pair of American Forces. And I'm starting to see more of that come out. Um, you see some stuff in NorCal. Yeah. Right? And I think part of that is because before Wheel Pros was a part of American Force, that was the only territory that was focused they on. They did have a problem with distribution, right? Yes. Okay. So now we have a bigger distribution model to work with. So we're going to start seeing more of that. Um, also, remember, it's a, it's a full custom product. So... Um, Volume-wise, ordering a set of American Forces is like going to Tiffany's. They're not, oh, when, they are the cream of the cream. When of the cream I went of the crop. to American Force yep. and saw the Miami facility, wait, when did you go to American Force? And where was I? A couple years ago. Oh, I don't know. You oh, were, before the show. Before the show. Got it. And uh, we had uh, gone to check it out and watching the CNC machines, literally making the wheels. To see how much time to see him go from station to station and then takes go to the, forever. Watching the polishing machine, I mean, complete mirror polish, was fascinating. Um, we'd gone out there to check out the fil- uh, facility and and at the time met with Nick and and just the walkthrough on on the level of detail and care that went into every single one of those yeah. wheels was astonishing. They are they are the Rolex of what comes out of what we do. Absolutely. So, um, and they have, you talk about the CNC machines. I mean, we have a full 360 CNC machine, actually a couple of them there now, that build these wheels. And those things... Was oh, that so they never have to stop? They can keep going? No, no, no. What they do is the way they operate, they actually take the product and maneuver the product instead of just having something, a drill or a bit that's coming into it okay. and moving it around. The product moves around how it gets cut. It's insane. It's insane to watch. Yeah. To the West Coast question, um, you're going to see them out at Off-Road Expo this year. No way, really? Yeah. Okay. Good. So they'll be out here. But not with the big fitments, right? I mean, you're going to see smaller 17, 18, 19 fitments, or are you going to see, oh, you'll see big? We're going to roll big. No joke. We're we're going 26, 28 Can, can we right talk now. about, Holman, can we talk about kind of your, the, the policy that, that like um, Diesel Power Magazine had for some years when I was trying to get my truck on the cover, and you're like, you know, you know the audience doesn't really endorse larger than a 20 because there's um, strength issues, no, things that, like that. Yeah, it's not, that's 
not totally accurate. Well, that's um, fine. I want you to yeah, correct no, me. It, and it wasn't even about that. It was for me when I was at Diesel Power, I wouldn't run anything on the cover that had an aftermarket grill on it, where the the badge of the company was gone. RBP, those guys. Yeah, like yeah, we we I mean we do it we do them in the magazine. But I wouldn't do it on the cover. The well, that's, no, that's because you guys wanted to. When I'm walking down the CVS drugstore aisle and I see the Ford badge, I wanted I, it I to resonate. Yes, I right. wanted it to resonate with the readership. And what I found is every time we did a truck that did not have the logo of one of the big three on the grill, the issue didn't do well. Mm. And that's because it didn't resonate with people. They didn't see themselves in that truck. And so I was always really careful about that. Now. The the big wheels and stuff we would always do on trucking, and to this day we still do on the cover of trucking. American Forces on the cover of trucking magazine, you know, ad nauseum. Um, but you know, diesel power is always more about function than about the brodozer builds. And yeah. so with diesel power, we shied away from those types of builds because the guys in diesel power. You got to remember, diesel power is not a truck magazine. Diesel power is a engine magazine, which is why we've done diesel airplanes, we've done diesel cars, we've done diesel engine tech. Uh, diesel ships, all well, those kinds of things. You want it now to be a diesel engine it's, magazine. It's a diesel truck magazine. Now, the fact is that it's in the truck group and our focus is on trucks, but it's not a diesel truck magazine. It's a diesel engine magazine, a diesel technology magazine. So when we do features, we do things that are functional and we do things that are about power and performance, in, much in the way of you know some of the hot rod magazines, you know, uh, some of the engine building and things like that. So that was always the thread. If, if it was diesel and cool, it was in diesel power. Yes, our, our focus was trucks, but that's not all we stuck to. It was more about the performance of diesel. So at the time in, when this was sort of coming out, so when I started in all this, you know, 17 or 18 years ago, um, it was, you know, 40s on 20s. That was Nitto. That's how Nitto got into it. They were the first brand to, to be able to have big tire fitments on 20s or above for off-road trucks because nobody right. really made those at oh, that time. Love and those so tires. That's how Nitto got into, into the industry and made a name for themselves. They made all these big, giant uh, uh, wheel and tire you know, packages work that they didn't really have before. And so that was that. So that was trucking, but it didn't really resonate with the diesel power crowd. Now, that's not to say it doesn't today because there's a lot of trucks diesel power with 20s or 22s. Even diesel power challenge, we've actually had winners on, I believe, 20-inch American Force wheels. And American Force has uh, sponsored diesel power challenge before. And so it's it's been a slow acceptance as people, you know, it's, it's again, it's one of those things where it's funny where you talk about California sort of leads the trends and then everybody else is sort of a couple years behind. This is one of the few trends where it's led by the East Coast and it's taken a long time to come out to the West Coast. And I think that's that's where I'm at and and go back to the question in adapting it is, you know, West Coast we have desert, 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 yep. desert, desert. Okay, well where in the desert might this fit? Right. And I'm gonna give you guys a little more probably than I should. But I see a show like Sandsport Show, sure. and I see the glamorous crowd. Yeah, yeah. The glamorous crowd—they're all about style as much as they're a about lot performance. Of bling, they lot of are gonna—they are gonna love yeah. American Force. And they've once got we, money because they're spending hundred grand on a sand rail. Yeah, they—they're yeah. gonna love. And you know what? We're doing American Force is doing uh, UTV wheels now. By the way, yeah, I, we saw some of those at uh, at uh, Lone Star, and I was like, so this crowd, you know. And I'm part of that crowd, so I love it. <laughs> but you're literally building wheels for yourself. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> That's a good gig. But it's like you want your truck and your UTV and everything to look the matchy same. Matchy matchy, right? You can do your truck, your trailer, and you, your UTV all with the same wheels. But coming back to the brand guy, you can be the desert guy. You can be the the American Force guy. You can be whatever you want. But I mean, on a, honestly, between the three of us, I mean, the, the glamorous 
group likes that little more flashiness. Yeah, well, and I don't, I don't think that you know it's, they're mutually exclusive either. Like I, I, there's some smaller fitments of American Force wheels that I've seen wrapped in a 37 or a mm-hmm. 38 that look fine. And there's also the big stuff. I mean, KMC and XDE are kind of more of that. I saw a know, set of 30s go out the door yesterday. Oh, those things are yeah. freaking monsters. Where were they headed? What, what, what town? Uh, they were going back east. Yeah. 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 Now, yeah. so I was I was at Glamis. Uh, well, it was about a year and a half ago or so, and I saw a set of twenty twos on a trailer. So it had uh, three axle. Also, the Havasu 22s. crowd. The Havasu crowd likes to have right. their matchy matchy yeah. with their boats and their. I, I suspect too. this is this this exists all the way through Texas, right? You know this. What the matchy match? Yeah. That's it's no longer there's no there's no, no lines barrier anymore. anymore. Oh, no barrier. There's okay. no lines yeah. anymore. But it's like you know the way that that you know when you look at a, a a company that owns a lot of brands and everybody tries to have their mission statement and stake out which brands reside in which areas, that doesn't mean there can't be any overlap. For perfect example, you came from Oakley. Luxottica bought Oakley and then ruined them, along with Ray-Bans and a bunch of other brands. That's why I'm peddling wheels right now. <laughs> yeah. And so for me, I, I was always a Ray-Ban guy. Love my Ray-Bans. Yeah. Love my Ray-Ban square shots. Wore them for years, and they discontinued them, and they came out with the really lame. The Predators were cool. Came out with the lame Predator 2s. But then they decided, Oakley's going to be a wraparound company, and we're just going to make aviators and wayfarers, and that's it. And and they ruined Ray-Bans. And then you go to the Oakleys, and the quality's crap on them now. Like, the, the glasses creak, and there's no metal hinges, and... And so, like, they're great for my mountain bike, but I don't like wearing them anywhere else. And they're all weird looking. And it's like, I wish there's a little bit of that crossover because just like with American Force having some desert presence and and and, and in that KMC world, you know, it's it's okay to stake out a By little way, bit of your neighbor's Scott's bike. wearing a set of Dragons on his head. Now, I think that yes. was an Oakley-owned brand, right? Dragon? Or nope. no? Though they were not? No, I left and I bought everything else. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Didn't they? Did but, Oakley owned Arnett and they Well, and you remember their original Arnett's A-R-N-E-T, and I love those glasses, and it was a guy, but then they got bought and they changed to A-R-N-E-T. Arnett used to work at Oakley. Right. Right. And then he Greg Arnett was the designer. And then it got sold, but there was a some sort of a falling out or disagreement over the name that he wouldn't let them keep his name, so they had to spell Arnett differently, buy, right? So it was, there was lots of legal stuff that happened there. But I think that's, that's part of why I'm in the position. Position I'm in is because I've seen what can happen to yeah. a brand, right? And I've been very passionate to a point of uh, flaw, stress, yeah. Flaw. Yeah. <laughs> but I will I will follow my sword to make sure that these brands keep in their own lanes. Does that make sense? Yeah, so, so I'm glad you brought that up. So when word gets out that a company like Wheel Pros or um, a larger company starts purchasing important brands to enthusiasts. Yep. There's naturally a panic. Yes. And it's it's largely unfounded. Yep. But well, that's well, not true. I wouldn't no, no, say no, that's right. true at all. Yeah, no, you're right. You're right. They're, they're, you it, know, it's you're bucking the trend if you can prove to the consumers that that brand is everything they've come to to love and respect. Well, without you're you're instantly in a point of um criticism because that happened i mean american force the word got out that they were being purchased instantly everyone oh, knew and you were were you inside the company at that time or yes, no i was and, running and tell, marketing at the time and tell me what was it like being under that roof um you know there was there was some concern internally on the american force side honestly um but we quickly quelled it and it's really like it, i don't know how else to say it other than you're doing something great, and that's why you're a part of this now. And again, going back to my Oakley Luxottic experience, I'm just here to help control the bigger picture, but I want to make sure that you are doing what you did to make yourself great in the first place. And that's it. I'm 
I'm not going to micromanage. So I'm are, not are you giving them extra tools because you yes. potentially have extra financing that could help? You know, like whereas a, maybe American Force didn't have distribution on the West Coast. Yes. You're like, you know what? We have tentacles Absolutely. into yeah. maybe Absolutely. maybe four wheel parts or some of these other you know uh, retailers, and you can expose it. So you do offer some some great things for smaller companies. Well, and like that's that. the thing. It's like it, the again being, going back to the brand guy. I don't want to take the emotion out of what you've done and the soul out of what you've done. Keep doing that. Like, how do we make that soul even better? But as a business, how do we push that soul in front of more people? You know, I just think there is a resurgence in automotive enthusiasm right now, which is for all of us so fun to be a part of. Absolutely. And, um, you know, I think we went through a decade of just kind of like meddling through there and, we're in a weird time still, but I think part of it was a it was the downturn of the economy. Yes, but then it was the the staleness of all the new trucks and stuff. Everything sort of got paused on development. There wasn't really yes. anything innovative and interesting. And now all of a sudden, economy is getting better. New trucks are coming out. There's yep. some incredible designs, some incredible innovations, and it's exciting again. And Although I, no, CNN says the economy is not well, doing I don't, as well. I, I don't mm. listen to that echo chamber. <laughs> you know, call Anderson real quick. Yeah, right. Exactly. But oh, here's Cooper. the deal: it's like you you went to there's what two or three years at SEMA where it was like the doldrums, and it ended up being like how many light bars you can stack on the same old stuff that you saw. Right? There was yeah. nothing interesting, and and it was just dead. It was it was just the show wasn't its normal self. And the and it's funny because you can tell everything you need to about the economy by going to SEMA. Yes. And the yes. vibe and the energy. I've been going for almost 20 years, and it is a litmus test for what's going on outside it's of the It's electric walls. right now. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Uh, I just think there is a big, like, we're getting to do a lot more. Again, Eric, Eric Grieving is our product development, and he and I work hand in hand, obviously. And we're messing around with stuff that are is just in left field, and we think it's going to work because for force or for all the brands, all the brands, okay, all the brands. Moto Metal is kind of our our sandbox. Oh, okay. Honestly. So tell me the story because some of the brands I got to be honest, I'm not as familiar with, and Moto Metal is one of them. You're wearing a Moto Metal hat. Yep. And and you know, some of the you know the tell me about Moto Metal. Where does it come from? Like who who founded it? Uh, Moto Metal was founded actually by Ricky Johnson. Ricky motocross. Johnson, the motocross legend? Yep. Yeah. Holy and, crap. Okay. I did uh, not know that. So him and, and one of our um, uh, fellow coworkers in the company got together and built this brand. And it is uh, – it was one of those things we just kind of played around with. And it's like it took off. Um, honestly, it's – again, it's where – and I say sandbox, but it's where advertising, product, um, sales, we all come together and we just say – Let's do something crazy. I'll call Eric at 11 o'clock or he'll call me at 5 in the morning like, I got this idea. And we're like, let's put it in Moto Metal. Let's try this. Let's do that. And again, we... How, how do you describe, how, how does Moto Metal differentiate itself from XD or KMC? It's wild. Okay. It has Moto on the center cap. <laughs> <laughs> uh, XD is much more performance focused. As long more hardcore too for the XD is super fine tuned. Yeah, Moto Metal's got a little bit more of the uh, let's 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 swing at the fences here. Like we're here to party. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Part by, of the, the by the way, that he's going to steal that in the next uh, Moto Metal ad. No, you're going to see. We're here to party. We we have it in the tagline for Moto Metal. It's built for the wild, not for the mainstream. That's what we how we okay, describe it. Got it. Um, 
so we we throw a lot of things out there that I mean that's where you're going to see stuff that competes with American Force a little bit on the cast side. Um, you're going to see the bigger styles, the wider styles. You're going to see different patterns that you wouldn't normally see anywhere else. Um, and we get to again, you're going to see more accessories. You're going to see more things that you can change on it. It's it's a fun place to play. So there's so many brands. What would you suggest to the listeners if they're in the wheel market, they've got, uh, whether they have a C10 or they have a brand new Ram, and they walk into their local shop and they're just confused. They don't even know where to start. Where does where does the dude start? Like, how does he investigate and find the right fitment, the right look? So I, I, I make a point to do, I mean, again, today I did a customer visit. Um, I work a bunch of our shows still just to stay in touch with the, the customer and what's going on. Um, you know, I know it's it's a very hard product to purchase, honestly, and I know that. There's um, so many choices. There's so many choices. Um, I know price comes down to it if you don't have a brand affiliation. On our website, we do have a configurator, so if you put in your make model, you'll be able to see what can be offered for you. Um, but really comes down to meaning, just, meaning the wheel it superimposes the wheel on your vehicle. Yes, right. So you can actually see what it looks like. Exactly. Will right. it tell you the uh, size and offset that you'd be looking for on that as mm-hmm. well? Excellent. It'll and it'll deliver a part number out of that. Great, great. So I uh, try to make it as easy on that end. Um, I know once you walk into the store, sometimes they'll steer you here or there, but just be deliberate in what you want. Again, it's a fashion statement to me. I really think it's it's no different than sunglasses or shoes or anything like that. Just know what you want. And and I'm as not As long as to... you don't sell any of your brands to Luxottica where they'll absolutely <laughs> ruin my favorites. Right. Uh you know what? But so here's the thing with Luxottica is that they didn't have a choice. Do you know that do you know the real story? I do. You know the story. Can you tell us the six, story? I was on sixty minutes. Were you really? With so Leslie Stahl. So was, he did wow. all right, so so this pales Jim, Jim Gennard did not want to sell to Luxottica. the old man who owns Luxottica forced Forced them to sell. Yeah, he bought all of the um, uh, sunglass, sunglass huts, huts. which yep. which were buying like seventy percent of Oakley's stock, and and then he said, you know what, we're not going to re up this year, and basically crushed Oakley. Yeah. and so he said, you, and, and forced them into the we, sale. Uh, it was brilliant, by the way, but in, true. In fact, if you know the history of the magazines, we were once uh, Peterson Publishing and General Media came together. We were known as Prime Media, then we were or EMAP, then Prime Media. And then a company called Source Interlink Media, and that was before we were 10 in Discovery Motor Train Group. How do I remember this? Pepsi 10. Remember that old uh, drink, Pepsi 10? Well, it's the same yeah. thing with our company. It is Peterson, EMAP, Primedia, Source Interlink, and 10. <laughs> That's how we remember all the owners. Anyway, um, but what they did was they were a magazine distribution company. They owned distribution throughout the country, like the CVS magazine stands and stuff. So they thought if they were to buy us, they would have product for their own newsstands. Similar deal. Again, Jim Gennard's okay, though. He's... Like he started third, red, you he, know. I mean, he's look the at the third that richest guy. man in Orange County. We're, I don't feel bad for him. But, does he still, <laughs> but he lives in Washington. Does he still have a spot down here? Yes. Oh, I didn't know. He has a spot in L.A. He has a spot does in he? Uh, Newport or Laguna. He's got. I mean, but listen, for anyone in cinematography, the red camera has yes. real actually revolutionized, revolutionized yeah. cinematography. Oh, yeah. He's a smart man. Yeah. He's done. He's done okay for himself. And he started by making BMX grips and selling them out of the back of his mm-hmm. Honda Accord at the YMCA in Orange, California. My, uh, so at in my department, my sports marketing manager is Mike Bell. So Mike Bell is the 1980 Supercross champion. Sure. Um, and he's the guy that started sports marketing at Oakley. So I have. Oh my gosh. I got some good lineage. Hell on yeah, my team. you. 
Um, and Jim hired him straight out of Supercross to come work at Oakley. And he worked for Oakley for 30 years. And we both jumped ship at the same time. And I mean, we're not, we've never been happier than we are now, but it was just a crazy, crazy ride. Tell me about the working at, at Wheel Pros and working with these brands. I mean, is it everything I would hope it would be? Yeah. It's, again, being a car guy, um, I grew up I grew up racing go-karts. I grew up racing motocross. My dad, big car guy, worked on, you know, he's, he's run body shops. He's worked on uh, NASCAR teams. I just got an itch to get back into automotive about five years into Oakley, and I just was looking for an out, looking for an out, and I got it. And then... Um, I work for two owners who, you know, you, you go to a company and you hope the guys are into it. These guys are into it. Oh, really? So they're not just investment bankers? No. Okay. They are at every race. Because that's everyone's fear, as you know. I mean, you, you've, yeah. these, you know, the companies swoop in and it's like what happens to a lot of automotive aftermarket companies. There's yeah. like some Miami firm where there's a young, wealthy, like super wealthy 32-year-old dude and uh, always dresses with like tight khakis and yeah. and loafers, and then he buys up all these young companies and stuff, and he doesn't really understand what the DNA is all about. It's it's totally different here. I got one that's going to Moab because that's his deal every year. I got, I, the, it's between two founders, and and the other he was at Sebring last weekend. Um, we are homologated on Ferrari, by the way, too. So, Excuse me, what? Oh, really? Yeah. What? Any Ferrari race car mm-hmm. outside of Formula One has our wheels on it. Which which the Motegi? Motegi. Okay. No joke. No joke. It has to have a Motegi wheel on it. Very cool. And they come out of Italy. But anything Ferrari race, Mazda, Emza, Cadillac, Emza, all those have Motegis on them. Um, so he goes to almost every sports car race. He's super into IndyCar. Um, he's tight with all those guys. I mean, I get, I'm getting texts from Jimmy Vassar and people like that and Max <laughs> Pappas at like midnight, hey, I need this, you need that. And it's cool to work for someone you ever that's pull, so uh, into it. Do you ever pull a Gail Banks where Al Unser Sr. calls you and you put him to voicemail? No. There's, there's, <laughs> no, there's none of those. Oh, I'm sorry. Al, 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 I'm sorry. Al, Al Unser Jr. Jr. We <laughs> were, okay, so the backstory is that Holman and I are sitting in the Lunda booth where very they graciously built a studio for us upstairs in their little um, mezzanine loft there, yeah, mezzanine yeah. thing. And we're doing our thing and we're interviewing Gail Banks. And, um, and, and Gail is, he's really good at being interviewed. He's engaged, right? Right, eye contact. He's paying attention, mm-hmm. and the phone rings, and he and he reaches over and he mutes it, and the phone rings again, and he looks at it and he mutes it, and we're like, "What the hell?" And I grab his phone, I look at it, and it says, "Missed call from Alan Sir Junior." He's shutting down Alan Sir Junior for, for our, our podcast. Star, our yeah. sorry asses. <laughs> Pretty funny, but it's just cool to work for people that are so into it. You know what I mean? And and I race personally still. My boys in go karts, like it's just. It's cool to work for a company where, um, you know, it's supported. Like, I'm missing the Long Beach Grand Prix this year because I'm doing, I'm doing a desert race. Oh, okay. I have my desert car, and the boss is like, I want you to go do your thing. Don't worry about missing it. And, you know, that's his baby because all the IndyCar guys are there and all the sports car guys are there. But he's like, I'd rather you be racing and be excited about this as opposed to sitting here and trying to entertain people. You do not, or am I wrong, do you do you sell direct through the website? You don't, right? Not at the moment, no. Okay. Uh, power sports we do, automotive we do not. Okay. Is that something that you would consider or is your dealer network too robust and, and uh, would they be too annoyed if you tried to sell direct? Um, That's a tough one. Welcome to MAP. 
minimum advertised pricing. I'm going to take the fifth on that one. Okay. Yeah. That's a tough one. Well, I, I don't know. I don't know that it's that tough. I know, I know companies who will ha- have a robust dealer network, but will sell direct. However, they only sell direct at full retail. So they don't undercut it, their, it, yeah. It's I, the, would, I don't want to sell. But if this, we did it, it that's how yeah. it would work. Right. I would if say you want to have a direct relationship with the manufacturer, mm-hmm. you're going to pay for it. The problem is we have, in, in the wheel industry in general, and anyone that's selling direct in the wheel biz, I know some of my competitors do it, and I talked to one of them about it the other day, is we have a very complicated product. And it still requires an installation. It still requires balancing. Still requires a lot of things that go into it, um, so there's this there's this juxtaposition between you could have a pallet of wheels show up on your driveway, but you still got to go somewhere to get the rest of it right, done. Right, right. Um, so I'd rather support the retailer at this point and say, hey, um, whatever I got to do to help you get these for the customer and the customer's happy, and and I want to make sure it's the right retailer. That's that's something too, but. Um, you're putting it on, and you're knowing, and you're having confidence that it was it was done right. Instead of someone trying to, again, get a pallet of wheels and tires and TPM TPMS sensors oh, yeah. and all that stuff, and it's like you're gonna get some people that want to do it in their garage. And it's not gonna work. Just right. just go to your go to your closest brick and mortar and get it done. You that, know, that's one of those services you can't get over the internet. That's right? true. You know. Yeah. That's true. Amazon's not going to do that anytime soon. No, well, maybe they will. We have, we'll have a drone that comes out with a tire machine. On right. <laughs> <laughs> I got a I've, question. I, I've always, you don't know this, I've always wanted to work at a wheel company. I have always. I actually probably think I did know that. You actually. probably did that. I you have followed. The, the, the problem I, is. Scott, I'm not lying to you. The problem is, is that his salary wouldn't pay for all the wheels. He'd be like, <laughs> right. what wheels can I put on today? I'm telling you, like it's, it's I love it. When you said that it's it's fashion. I've always said that wheels are the jewelry for your car. Yep. And I've always enjoyed, you know, the the, the finer things. And, and and I think that stock wheels are so freaking hideous. They ruin so many cars. I, I Have you seen the new Navigator? Well, yeah, those are pretty bad. Uh, okay, yeah. yeah. No, they're they ruin the car. That's what I'm saying. The fan ones with the little skinny slots. Oh, little, yeah, oh, I'm, right. I'm not a fan of those. Listen, there's, there's so there's many, an optional wheel you can get. For, so listen, many god awful. But wheels. I will tell you, look at 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 the stock wheels available today versus the stock wheels available ten years ago. Yeah. they actually have wheel designers, and there's some. Although, although there are some, I feel like they all do the same thing at the same time. Because mm-hmm. there's a lot of like the Euro flange that got really popular, which are the black wheels that have the machine face on them, and you know, like uh, you know, Ford had them just like that. I mean, there's a bunch of companies that did you that hit style. on a good point. They always chase what we do, yeah. but they're always four years behind, at least. Yes, at least. And you know, going back to the fashion thing, I did an interview with SEMA two years ago, and they wanted me to do this interview about. Um, I won't get into what it was about, but basically it was. You know what is what does wheels stand for? Because I was the one that was speaking towards aftermarket wheels, and I said, "What do wheels mean to the consumer?" Yeah. Okay. I said, "It is the biggest statement you can make on a vehicle." Again, it comes down to sunglasses. It comes down to shoes. It comes down to other than a two foot wing. I think that's a pretty yeah. big statement. Well, did, I, I saw one of those that, in my neighborhood. Today. So is it <laughs> weird that I like I it it bugs me when guys don't care about their shoes or they don't care about their watch or they don't care about their glasses. It's the same guy that doesn't care about the wheels on his car. He's not a car guy. It's just not. 
like I don't I don't get along typically with those people. Like I can deal with them and they're fine. We can have a beer, but they're not people that I want to hang out with. So can I talk about something non-truck for a second? Of course. Yeah, we go all over the place on this show. So I think a big thing that the industry is starting to see, and it's something we're pushing towards, is this UV market. If you sit out on the road right now, it's not like it was 10 years ago. That's where the growth is. You see 10 to 1. Yep. RAV4s. Yep. Why do you uh, think Chevy says CX5s. we're not making cars anymore and Ford said we're not making cars anymore? Tahoes, yes. right. All that. Well, well not C- even CUVs, not the big ones. He's not talking about the crossovers. The smaller ones. Yeah. Oh, you said CUVs. Yeah. CUVs. Sorry. Okay. You know, um, what's the Honda one? CRV. A- CRV. So you're seeing, if you sit, like I did an experiment with three people and I said, let's just sit here. We were at a restaurant in Costa Mesa and I said, let's sit here and watch how many trucks go by versus these. Yep. The problem is, a lot of the people view it as a utensil. So I'm trying it's to plans. I'm trying to create this mind shift of, yeah, you bought a blender, but did you know the blender came in black? Ex- yeah, yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Or your boyfriend walks in with you to buy the Mazda CX-5, and then on the showroom floor is Which the is one a that has. Beautiful vehicle, yeah. by the way. Well, look, look, I'm dude, getting one this weekend. Cell phones, oh. cell phones. I came were this cell close. Phones. We ended up not. But. Cell phones were cell phones until Apple. Or Nokia. Nokia, you could change the faceplate. Nah, it was really – yes, you're right, but it wasn't – it didn't happen. I wouldn't even say Apple. till Apple. I would say till iPhone because Apple That's, had a few right. failed experiments prior to iPhone. Okay, okay. But I'm saying Fair as enough. an industry, we got to create this awareness that these things are modifiable. Um, ReadyLift is one of our companies, so we build lift kits for these things now. Um, and we're seeing nine times out of ten if we place a RAV4 – on the dealer floor with wheels. Yep. People I mean, want them to look tough. Dude, we're squeezing like 275, 285s yeah. in these well, things. Well, look at the uh, the Foresters and yeah. the Impreza, oh, is it the XV or whatever? Mm-hmm. With the, you know, people are putting lift and rally tires, but with like, you know, BFGATs on them or something like that. And, and, and they look cool. That's where it's going. Yeah. That is where it's going. And I'm, again, I'm a truck guy. I, I drove my HD here. But I'm probably going to go buy a CX-5 this weekend because I They're turned great. my They're Beamer great. in. You know, and yeah. I'm like, it's a good car. It's Quality, a good price. Good price. Yeah, we, we came this close to pulling the trigger on what's, our family what's car. A, what's an X-5? Is that a CUV or is that more of an SUV? It's just, no, that's a, that's a next class up. So, I mean, it's technically it's still a crossover, but it doesn't play in that B and C, segment, uh, C series segment. It's like a D size-wise, okay. right? But I think just as an industry in general, and, and I'm not just talking for wheel pros, I'm talking in general, and I've talked to other people, is we got to make awareness that the people that are buying these are buying them because they're cheap, because right. it gets them to point A to point B. Mm-hmm. But Reliable, good on gas, all that stuff. They have no idea that for a few bucks more, yeah, you, you, you can make this thing pretty Well, and they're cool. everywhere, right? So the fact that you could put a set of wheels and tires on it and make it look totally different than the neighbors yes. who has the exact same, you know, they're all, and they're all here in SoCal, they're all silver, white, or black. Yeah. Uh, I was joking, my daughter's uh, uh, school parking lot, and it's every SUV, CUV that you can imagine, and I was laughing because I took a picture one day, and I should have posted it, but it was um, about 75% White. White, silver, and black. Yeah. With a couple like funny colors like thrown in there. You know, a few people with some style. My coworker, John, he reached out to, yep. um, his wife has a CX-5. They put a level kit on it. He put some bronze rims on it, and he put some uh, Terra Grapplers on it. Uh-huh. Different different car immediately. Dude, I'm like, okay, I don't, 
I'm not challenging my masculinity driving this thing. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Well, think about it. Some people yeah. think that that's the only choice they have for yeah. a vehicle, right? And so then they're it's like- It's just education. Well, it's the way the minivan used to be. It's like dad didn't want to drive the minivan and even mom didn't want to drive yeah. the minivan, but you had, that's what it, that's the vehicle that fit the family needs. So the fact that you could kind of, you know, butch it up a bit and make it look tougher. It's like, oh, that's, and now it becomes a talking point wherever you go. And it's, it goes back to the aftermarket in terms of truck sales. If the aftermarket doesn't support it, people aren't going to buy it because they want to go out and make the changes and put their own style and their own statement on it. Yeah. Well, guys like us, though, you, 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 your purchase decision of your brand new car is based on what aftermarket accessories will will I attach 30 days after I yep. roll this off the lot, you know? Or five minutes after but, I roll yeah, off. But right. that's the that's again, that's where the education comes in, where you when you buy a truck – you're already thinking, all right, but I want to make this thing look different than what it is yeah. instantly because yeah. it looks like a farm truck. Yeah. You know? We Pro- like farm, farm trucks, by the way. Nothing I was going to say a gardener yeah. truck, but a farm truck works <laughs> too. A gardener truck. No, it's just, it's just, it's just vanilla. It's yeah, just it's vanilla. Like, eh, okay, I'm going to do something to fix this. The problem is right now is people are buying these vehicles and they have no idea that there's the opportunity to do this. And it is such a – just blossoming opportunity for everybody. Um, and again, I'm, I'm not just talking for wheel pros. I'm talking for the industry. I know. So, Scout, Scott, how do you how do you educate them in mass by the millions? Uh, what I'm working on right now is I'm doing a lot of showroom placements. Okay. So, again, I go back to that boy, boyfriend example, right? Oh, man, she wants to go buy a car. So we walk into the Hyundai dealer. Yeah. Okay, this is a car I want. But the one in the showroom has... A level kit, yeah. Wheels, tires, boom. He's like, "You want that, that one? one?" Yeah. And it's only twelve hundred bucks more. Go get yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. And it's baked into the, it does, the lease yeah, payment. The payment yeah, isn't exactly. going to be that much more. So right now, that's the only education that's going on. I'm pushing a lot of stuff to dealers. Advertising wise, I'm starting to push a lot more stuff out there, but uh, it just, it just, it's got to get it into people's lexicon more. And you know, wheel and tire wise and, and lift and truck wise, it's like until people start seeing things and the manufacturers are doing a good job right now of putting black wheels on these things. Yeah. Right. But that's about it. Yeah. But again, going back to my coworker CX five, put a level, some terra grapplers on it, and I was like, Yeah, it looks wow, like a completely wow. different vehicle. Yeah. Yeah. It, you it's a, it's a huge job in front of you. Yeah. I mean, it's fun. You're digging it. So, yeah. so where do uh, where do people go on social or online to uh, find out more about Wheel Pros and your 473 brands? <laughs> uh, Wheelpros.com is is our is our main portal. You guys can find the brands through there. But otherwise, I mean, American Force, KMC, Moto, Moto Metal, Motegi, uh, American Racing. Gosh, Asante. It's, it's the type of site where you can literally at lunch break you can just play around yes. and fit every type of wheel yes. on your car truck. And and I'm doing myself a disservice because I I don't. I don't push wheel pros marketing in general. Um, but, I do, but like that's I said, okay. You're pushing the brands, and that's ultimately okay. what people care about. So I admire that. Uh, it is cool that you can find it all in one place if you go to wheelpros.com. You got it. But you know, if you if your buddy has KMC, just go to the KMC site, right? Yep. Okay. It's weird. Like when people drive our audience, if you're driving around at a stock vehicle, I don't get you. I don't like. No. I get you. Uh, wait, 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 wait. I, so I should stop that. If it's vintage, you know, if you're driving around a, a, a vintage vehicle and you and th- so I do kind of admire those. But if it's like in the last 10 years, your, your car truck is 10 years old or something and it's bone stock like that's just lame. I don't know. Personalize it. 
It's, I just I want are you, you are you why who made you the automotive judge? <laughs> I do not. I have always been the automotive judge. <laughs> there, it's it's all a personality statement, yeah. you know. But if, like if you to not make a statement is weird to me. I know, and it's funny because I I my wife drives a Tahoe, and when I first put wheels on her car, I don't know six years ago, she's like, oh man, you're taking the stocks off, you're doing, and now she's like can't wait to change wheels every year. Yeah, right. and it's it's just like I said, it's it's like sunglasses, it's like shoes. Um, it's just cool, man. Like it's just it's it's really it's cool to be a part of, but it's it's a happy purchase. And I like, I'd that. like it's a happy purchase. <laughs> I like being a part of it. And, and and part of my MO on that too is, you know, why I love my job is because I don't sell brake pads. I don't sell oil. You sell the shiny stuff that people see. Well, hold on. You sell stuff that people don't need. Yes. You sell stuff that people want. And exactly. so they they they're connected to it in a way that they're not connected to brake pads. I don't sell a yeah, there's necessity. Not a, there's I not sell an emotional some, connection to brake pads. No. I don't sell something that people have to have. I sell something that people want. Yeah. And that is a fun Raise your job. hand if you want some. <laughs> Holman, raise your hand, please. Scott Cobbett, Wheel Pros, CMO. Thanks for coming in hanging out with us and uh, making some time and uh, teaching us about, uh, about wheels. But, again, breaking news. Cast made in the USA wheels coming. Oh, that is huge! Stay tuned for uh, for Wheel Pro's announcement on that. On which brands? Thanks, guys. Awesome, I appreciate man. it. Thanks for Thank coming you. by. Appreciate it. I learned a little more about the wheel industry than I thought I would. There with uh, with Scott. Is that a good thing or a bad thing? Uh, no, it's great. I uh, I it was it, I didn't expect it to take those turns. And Holman, should I apologize to the audience for always kind of like taking it on a business turn? Meaning, uh, no, I think there's other tangents you should apologize for, but I think people love the business part. <laughs> oh, really? I think there's lots of people who love hearing how people got their start or how the behind the scenes of business. I think um, that's awesome stuff, especially when you're talking about you know entrepreneurial. I mean, all these businesses started with somebody. They weren't just all big corporate brands that bought. Eventually, they've gotten you know gobbled up. But what was nice to see is, did I insult him when I used the word the term gobbled up? I don't know. Should we call him back and see if he's insulted? <laughs> no, I, I mean, I, I, it's the truth, right? It is they, the they're truth. A, they're a, a, a conglomerate that's buying up a lot of smaller brands. But what I think is different about Wheel Pros and what I appreciate is they're still brand integrity and they still have a mission. It's not just we're going to whore out these brands as much as possible and and make it so there's no value anymore. He still sees a value in branding and and making sure that core tenants and everything of the of the brands stay intact. And I think that says a lot about well, a company. Well, with KMC and with American Force, both pre-wheel pros and post-wheel pros, I can see no difference as a consumer. It's literally was seamless. Honestly, it's probably better because you have more distribution. You can get them more places, and there's a lot more designs, it seems Although, like. as a super fan, I don't know if that's cool because now I'm not the only one running forces. Uh-huh. I mean, the price hasn't changed. You still might be. Oh, yeah, that's true. <laughs> In your friend circle, anyway. <laughs> that's true. Uh, All right, can we do some email? Yeah, let's do some email. Go there. All right. You email? Yeah. I email. Do it. That's some good Omar right there. Are you still bobbing your head, Holman? Hold on, I'm dancing. <laughs> he really is. He's still dancing. All right. Uh, give me some email there. All right. Appreciate that. Are you going first or am I going first? Uh, let's see here. Uh, Rochambeau for it? Uh, sh- that's uh, rock, paper, scissors, right? Ready? Okay, ready? One, One two, two, three. three. 
Ooh, oh, you beat I me. Gotcha. Are we doing rock. best two out of three? Uh, oh, okay. you did. Two you did three. rock. I did scissors. Right? Yeah, one, two, three. Oh, oh I did rock, and so you did we're, scissors. We're even. Here okay. we go. One, two, three. Oh, oh we're, we're both paper. paper. We're both paper. All right. One, two, three. Oh, oh, I had scissors. You had paper. paper. I won. Here right, we go. You go. All right. This uh, email is from Daniel. It's called New Listener. Greetings from Alberta, Lightning and Holman. Just discovered your podcast today, and I have been hooked. Very much appreciate the wealth of information and commentary after having grown frustrated with podcasts from the more general automotive websites and YouTube channels. Growing up, by the way, thank you. Um, growing up, I come from a Ford family. Uh, I've got fond memories of my father's 1979 Bronco. Oh, bitchin', bitchin'. Uh, Very much anticipating the new Bronco, mostly because of the nostalgia factor. I'm not one to demand solid axles or a V8. Don't care either way. He's going to be really happy. Yeah. (laughs) Don't care either way, but I'm hoping the rumors of the seven-speed manual trans are true. Hoping to hear on the podcast your thoughts on the Bronco. Thanks for the awesome show. Left you two, two, he says, five-star reviews. And that's uh, cheers from Dan W. Awesome, man. By the way, from Alberta, Canada. It's pretty cool. Would love to talk to him about that, but I I can't. Oh, that's right. You're under embargo. Um, uh, When does the embargo lift? Uh, When the vehicle comes out. (laughs) Oh, really? We've got to, oh. We've got to wait, yeah. That sucks. Okay. Uh, Yeah, I wish I could talk more about it, but uh, unfortunately, I am not in a position to do such a thing. Mm -hmm. Uh, Then move on and read an email. All right. Well, then, let's see here. I'm going to start, oh, let's see. What do we got here? I've got one from uh, Yannick Carpentier. He has written to us before. Isn't that a town up by Santa Barbara? Uh, It's Carpentaria. Oh. (laughs) But uh, he says, uh. Hello, AV guy and Holman. Eve. Oh, dude, not cool. <laughs> hey, I, at least he put AV guy first. AV guy first. Says, uh, I have no clue how I got turned on to the podcast, but sure glad to have found it. I've been listening since episode one. Hashtag yeah, buddy. Yeah, buddy. I did not see that coming. I work at an urban transit company. We had two prototype buses that were diesel hybrids. They all had Allison transmissions with an electric motor. They were full of trouble after being parked and out of service for a very long time. And one of the guys asked, why don't we just switch it to conventional? So that guy and I... Our task was the job of converting it to a normal diesel bus. Oh. So they went backwards. What the hell? Oh, yeah. He says it took two weeks to do the job, removing all the hybrid wiring and adding some to make everything like stock so nobody could tell the difference, like adding wiring for a starter and the fuel pedal. Coolest job I've done in 18 years at work. Love the podcast. I think what Lightning calls suckage is what makes it so good. <laughs> wow, that was a really good show. Uh, not sure how I feel about that. It's like a backhanded the, compliment. Yeah, right? He says, the uh, California pompousness is just enough to entertain us. Mm. Keep the great shows coming. Five stars all the way and yeah, buddy. Oh, another one. Yeah, buddy. Is Emmy still pissed at me, by the way? Oh, yeah. It occurred to me, Holman, that she's upset at me for something that I didn't say. Um, okay. I'm sure that's not true. So it is true because I didn't say that women weren't into motorsports and I did not say that women didn't enjoy cars and I did not say that women didn't enjoy racing. I didn't say any of those things that she accused me of. Well, then we should call her right now. We, you want to call her? Dial her. I'm serious. I mean, she's either going to answer or she's not. All right. Dial it. Holman's looking through his, uh, iPhone contact list. I'll leave a message. Hi, it's Emmy. Leave a message. At the tone, please record your message. 
When you have finished recording, you may hang up or press 1 for more options. Emmy, it's Lightning. And Holman. From the Truck Show Podcast. You know, the one that made you famous? And I, I feel like I should apologize to you, but then... I don't feel like I'm really in the wrong, so I shouldn't apologize to you. I'd really like to discuss um, things that were said on a previous podcast, either in person here in our wonderful Santa Ana studio or on the phone. I'd really like to make amends because you're a special person <laughs> and um, I think you deserve, uh, I don't know, can we can we chat sometime? Call us back, yeah, please. Yeah, all I'm saying is, yeah, buddy. <laughs> All right, I got another one here from uh, Joy Keith. Lightning and Holman. Parameters greetings. Oh, nice. Master, monitor, key, engine, parameters. Never gets old. She says, I'm on my like sixth truck show podcast in two weeks. We literally just finished the tiny house anniversary show. My hubby and I are driving home to Southern California from a recent work trip to Dallas. He met you guys last October at an off-road show Offered Expo. Oh. The Fairplex in Pomona, where he and our two red-headed adult kids got on your podcast as a passing by fan. He was stoked to say the least. Dude with a big beard who owns a silver 2500 Duramax diesel. I do remember him. Yeah. And uh, was your closing interview. Anywho, we drove out last week to Tejas and I'd blank off as any- Wait, wait. Anywho and Tejas? Uh-huh. Okay. As any good woman would do on a two and a half day roll when you actually <laughs> start talking the talk about numbers and capacities and all such truck talk- what would be brought back to reality in life in the cab when the jingles would play? Mm. Am I incredibly masculine, strong, quiet husband? We'll start singing along in full <laughs> volume. What's new in trucks? You need to know. Or all of them at any given moment. Oh, nice. I appreciate what you do for him. Mm. It makes him smile every time he puts on your podcast. He laughs oh, like he's sweet. with his good friends. Nice. He bought the truck in February last year and found out about your podcast immediately as you launched number two. He's Wait, what truck do we know? Uh, she doesn't say. Okay. He's currently working on a book about the need for male friendship, and you guys emulate exactly what he tries to get people to understand about the needs of men these days. Hmm. Men actually need other men in their lives as much as they need a good woman. Mm, this is sounding weird. This may come across <laughs> as an odd email, but what I wanted to let you know is that what you two have together is rare. <laughs> oh, <laughs> really? Um, yeah. Anyway, super weird. And I want to say thanks for not just teaching us about trucks, but teaching us what real friendships look like. Uh, keep up the great work, and that's from uh, Joy. Any second, I was, I was in my head, I was hearing this. Ow, 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 no, not ow. me. You know what I was hearing? <laughs> What's that? The Deliverance banjo. <laughs> <laughs> Joy, seriously, thank you. And, yeah, we agree. You know, what's yeah. cool about this show is, is uh, we definitely cater to the uh, men out there, but, you know, we've gotten a lot of attaboys from the good women in their lives, and thank you for... Uh, Letting us hang out with our you know friends we, once a You week. know who we didn't get an attaboy from? Emmy Hall. <laughs> Emmy Hall. No, not at all. Do you think she'll call us back? Uh, no, not a chance. She's probably sleeping I right think now. that this one is, uh, this one's called Best Podcast. Oh, wow. Okay, so, hey guys, love the show, love the interviews. I'm looking forward to the mini truck episode, and I hope you bring back Mike. I think he's talking about Finnegan, right? Even yeah. though I don't really like mini trucks, but I love the quality information you guys give. I look forward to every Monday to listen to the new podcast. Oh, thank you very much. And I just got some high-octane coffee. Absolutely delicious. Holy mackerel, dude, yeah, we're, dude selling we're selling a bunch for of that, dude. Yeah. Um, I would love a t-shirt and a sticker if you have one. Please open a merchandise shop so I can buy one. Oh, dang. And uh, Sam closes with... Five stars! And he's from Sacramento, California. Very cool. Uh, I've got one here from, uh, let's see, Mark. 
And Mark says, I started listening to you guys a couple months ago when I started looking for my first truck. I was a little overwhelmed the first time with the jingles, but totally get where you're going, and I love it. I find myself singing them at random times throughout the day. Keep them up. The more obnoxious, the better. He says, I'm writing to say that I'm excited I finally am pulling the trigger on my first truck. It's hard to deny the all-around capability and flexibility that a truck gives you over other vehicles. I do a lot of DIY projects around the house, and it drives me nuts every time I have to rent a truck, find a buddy with a truck, pay for stuff to be delivered to my house, or figure out creative ways to haul stuff around in our minivan. There have been some projects I have put off doing altogether due to not having a truck. I've got two kids, and we have been tent camping as a family for the last couple of years. We've been talking for over a year about upgrading some kind of camper, but having a truck to pull is the first step. I'm looking for a family-sized truck that will work well doing truck things. Well, that's good. And also pulling things. But still will be a good daily driver. I've settled on getting a 2019 Ford F-150 with the STX package. Ooh, nice. 3.5 EcoBoost, crew cab, long bed with a max tow. It'll be my new daily driver, but also my weekend project truck. Oh, that's a good daily driver. Hauling, camping, family vacations, and it should get decent gas mileage for my 50-mile round trip all highway drive to the office every day. I really wanted to like the F-150 diesel, but was disappointed to find out that Ford took the fuel economy path with the diesel rather than making a towing capability monster that also happened to get decent fuel mileage. They marketed it as a mini power stroke. I know that's what the badge says. But in reality, it seems like it is kind of a bland and underwhelming engine compared to the EcoBoost offerings if you're looking for something to do work. He says, also, I listened to you on Android, but will log back into my old iTunes account to give you guys... Oh! Five stars! stars. Sweet! Says he loves the show, listens every day on my drive to and from work, and that is a thank you from our friend Mark. Very cool. All right, Mark, uh, thank you. And this one is titled, The 2500 Suburban is Dead, and it's got a sad face. From Trevor, and he says, you guys broke my heart that the 1500 Suburban is going IRS in the next gen. Yep. We've uh, seen pictures of the uh, new full-size GM SUVs, and there is independent rear suspension in the rear. Now I see this news that the 2500 Suburban is dead as well. That's the rumor. They didn't sell Mm -hmm. too many of them, and you can, uh, looks like, no longer order a uh, current heavy-duty eight-lug Suburban. And then he says... R.I.P. A Legacy from Trevor. Uh, guess what I found out? Uh, I don't know. Remember the call in the last episode where uh, we had a listener who was making fun of us and made lightning sound like this? <laughs> yes. Holman sound like this? Yes. That was Trevor. Oh, it was? Yeah, it was. <laughs> oh, nice. I appreciate that, Trevor. <laughs> <laughs> I love uh, your email. Thank you. We don't always rip up emails, but when, <laughs> when we, do, we do, it's from Trevor. <laughs> yeah, Trevor emails us all the time, uh, and no, uh, he you, always man. sends good stuff. Uh, I love you. I'm we just, appreciate uh, it. I'm just uh, playing some shenanigans on you. Has anything happened this week in the world of trucks? Like, what's new in trucks? I don't know, but let's play the jingle and find out. All right. What's, what's new, new in trucks? We need to know. What's new in trucks? We need to know. What's new in trucks? We need to know. Lifted, lowered, and everything in between. What's happening in the world of trucks? Oh! Oh. Solid. Oh, that was weird. Like, right after yeah. we ended, it was silence. There's like a, a warbling silence. <laughs> it was like trying to, it's sort of like if you're on the edge of a building and there's like a, you know, 100 foot drop and you're sort of balancing and you fall back toward the building. Like, Whoa. no, I felt like this was what space would feel like. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. That's deep. Yeah, it is. You know what All we right. should we should do? Uh, d- what? No, go into space? No, truck news. <laughs> oh, truck news. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Go ahead. This is getting weird. <laughs> First, it was two guys oh, with a little man. love and talking about trucks. In a garage. In a garage. With a keg full of beer. <laughs> Do you think that if we were hanging out at Joy's house that uh, she would just... I feel like we would have a play date with her husband. 
yeah, we would. What would a grown man play date look like over there? <laughs> we would sit around in lawn chairs in his garage. Would it be lawn chairs or stools? Uh, no, lawn chairs. Okay. Lawn chairs. Are they the old his... aluminum frame ones? That's the ones with the, the, the fraying the, nylon? Yeah, the fraying nylon. Uh-huh. That's what we're sitting in. Okay. Well, your right butt cheek is uh-huh. actually going through. Through, yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Do we have koozies? Uh, yes, we do, and the koozies are from the 80s. And I think Joy's husband has a uh, beer fridge in the garage. I'm imagining this. I think he has a kegerator. Ooh, yeah. I mean, that's solid. But what's in it, though? Here's the problem. I think he's got Michelob Ultra inside. In the, in the, Ooh. Yeah. No, no. I don't think don't he's think a so? Michelob Ultra kind of guy. No, I'm just, no. I'm just poking fun. No. I think he's got- um, A quadruple IPA, <laughs> which I will not drink, by the way. Something super tart? No. No, no. I don't want my beer to eat he's me got, uh, He's got Bud. He's got Bud or no. Keystone? No. He's got something interesting like- King Cobra. <laughs> King Cobra, Paps. Oh, Paps. Yeah. No, if you've got a kegerator, what do you have in it? You don't have a normal beer. If you've got a kegerator, you've got something like- uh, Coors you Light. Got, you got a micro- no, you don't. you got a microbrew or something. Well, here that. you do, but- you got like a good half. All right. So I want to know what people have in their kegerators in their garage fridges. Yeah. That's what I want to know. Do you think that if we went and hung out that he would interview us for his new book about manships? <laughs> uh, probably. I think that'd be cool. Yeah. Yeah, two guys on a podcast formed a relationship and bonded over. This is continuing like, to be weird. Topic. Can, can All right, you anyway, tell okay. me some, about some news here. Ah, uh, did you hear about the uh, full size trucks that just went through the Insurance Institute for Highway Safety uh, overlap testing? O- overlap testing? Yeah, that's where they uh, subject the trucks to a forty mile an hour collision with a rigid barrier. That's a 25% offset. Oh, I have seen that where they destroy the corner. The corner. And then they have to see what happens and from they the inside. And lo- it looks absolutely brutal. Oh, dude. And like, so that's what, not a crash What's you the result? Uh, so in uh, the testing, the 2019 Ford F-150 and 2019 mm-hmm. Nissan Titan oh. both came out on top and will join the 2019 Ram 1500 with the highest ratings. Says uh, according to a release from IIHS, only those three pickups achieved good scores in the passenger side small overlap test. The Ram earned its stripes in testing from last year, and the Nissan and Ford got theirs this month. Hmm. Uh, it says that the uh, Ram, Nissan, and Ford are the only full size trucks tested by them to have good scores in, in all six of the Institute's crash worthiness tests, which is driver side small overlap, passenger side small overlap, driver side moderate overlap, side roof strength. And head restraints. This applies to all the crew cabs. And um, what's interesting is it says the uh, Chevy Silverado 1500 and GMC Sierra, which are also new this year, mm-hmm. um, they received good scores in all tests, but rated only a marginal in passenger side small overlap. Oh, let's wait. Why? Why passenger? I wonder why the passenger side is weaker. No, no, uh, um, no steering wheel. Um, I don't know if they test both drivers. I guess they would probably do that, well, right? They just said right there that yeah. the, the passenger side. So overlaps. interesting. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. You would think passenger would be better than driver. Must be a problem with the airbag coming out of the uh, glove box. I don't know. That's interesting. Maybe there's bad CDs from the '80s all that, popping that out. Fire out of you. <laughs> you put it in the uh, the visor. You know, yeah. they like come out like uh, ninja stars. Oh no! Right as as the uh, the glove box opens and you're crushing. Never gonna lift you up. <laughs> you get rolled. Yeah. You down. Yeah. Yeah, a giant owner's manual, <laughs> manual pummels you right in the nuts. Oh, that's what happens. <laughs> yep. That, that's why. And, and Rick Astley's playing on the stereo <laughs> right then. Do you think it automatically switches to Rick Astley as you're crashing? <laughs> yeah, yes. So it's the world's worst nightmare? <laughs> that's the worst crash oh. ever. And Kaboom! <laughs> Never gonna lift you up. No, no surprising. The aging Toyota Tundra achieved a marginal score on the driver's side small overlap. A 
quote-unquote staggering poor score on the passenger side small overlap and an acceptable but not good on wait, the roof strength. Wait, which one is staggeringly bad? The, the Tundra. Oh. But it's also the oldest out of all of them. Okay. So um, anyway, uh, nice to see that our uh, friends over at Nissan and uh, of course, Ford and Ram uh, did, a, did a great job. So not only is the Nissan Titan awesome, it's safe. Yeah. And uh, let's see, what else? Ooh, I got a good one. Mm-hmm. I got a real good one. Oh, I'm going to save that because I got a well, mediocre one. Don't tease one. me. How dare you? No, I got a mediocre one. Okay. Uh, <laughs> the, the new Defender. That's some mediocre news, you guys. <laughs> Hold on. Mediocre. Oh, where, where's that 15-second skip I forward? Hit, no, no, no. Don't skip forward. This is going to be great. <laughs> okay. Uh, anybody who is interested in the Jeep Wrangler? Uh, is this going to be a ding or a buzz, this story? And the Ford Bronco? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, okay. And also coming out in that class, but sporting uh, all independent suspension, spy photos of the new Land Rover Defender. Oh, that's a... Okay. Um, it was out on the track, and our spy photographers caught it, so check those out over at uh, fourwheeler.com. And uh, it's... Um, yeah, we'll see. Oh, you're not excited about it? Eh, we'll see. It does look like the box you'd expect it to look like. Yeah, but I feel like it's... Um, it's very square. It's very square. It's very... But uh, it should be. G-Wagon. But, but nope. It's very much like everything else in the in the Land Rover portfolio now, except more upright. It sort of looks like a, a um, Discovery, like, uh, I don't know, the last generation of it. I'm just... And I know it's got cladding and it's got armor, and, and Land Rovers have they've done a good job of making these things really good off road. Like the mm-hmm. traction control and stuff is really good, but it looks like it's sporting twenties and low profile tires. And what's wrong with that for an off road vehicle? Uh, uh, I'm not sold yet. I'm okay. not sold yet. Um, but we'll see. So uh, that's interesting. What I really got excited about is uh, our uh, spy photo guys. Okay, they, Brett Brett Evans. Why do you keep saying Brett Evans? He does not shoot spy photos. Well, who's, our, who's our spy photo guy that we Brian interviewed? Williams. Brian Williams. Right. I should know because he's got the same name as the news anchor. There you go. Okay. Yeah. Brian Williams. He caught the Hellcat-powered Ram TRX. Okay, wait. Hellcat-powered Ram TRX. <gasps> this is the uh, Raptor Fighter. Whoa. So it's- uh, it's Tell me more. Officially official. There it is. <gasps> Look it's uh, sporting. Wait, looks move like your, move your uh, mic stand. Hold looks on. like oh, there you go. it's sporting some uh, method wheels. It's got some BFG KO2s, and the shocks now, are. Now wait a minute. This is a that's a Ram. That's the Ram. That looks like a Silverado from the side. No, no, it doesn't. No. Can I see a three quarter shot? No, you you don't have one. Can. No, I do. I do. Oh yeah, scroll down so I can see a three quarter. You got to admit that's very. Okay, that's more RAM. There All right, go. now I'm feeling it. Three-quarter, totally RAM. The but, side, though, man, that's new Silverado territory. Why are you just figuring that out now? They sort of all look the same from the side. Uh, I, Although it just, I don't, it just I, occurred to me now that it did. It, interesting. I, and that's not bad. I, I really well, like the, the new Silverado. The Silverado the and the GMC have a kick-up. The RAM doesn't. Not, not the same way on okay. the lower. Anyway, um, what's fascinating, though, is this is going to have the Hellcat not detuned, so over 700 horsepower. In a truck designed to go right after the harder Raptor. So Ram is basically saying, oh, that cute twin turbo V6 you have there. Hold on. We have a supercharged Hemi V8, mm-hmm. you know, with 200 more horsepower. It's not hold my beer. It's hold my keg. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> uh, you got to imagine that Ford is going to respond in some way. But, but with this what? This thing is badass. What would they respond with? All right. So we know how we look at spy photos. They're sort of cobbled together. and You have to make some educated guesses. So on this truck... Um, it's definitely wider, wider track because it's got fender flares that that mm-hmm. are uh, you know cover up the tires. So you're saying like a four six inch overall? 
Uh, wide, you... I, I don't know. I, probably, yeah. Somewhere right, in there, wider okay. side. Yeah. Uh, or overall track width. What's interesting about it, you can't see the suspension, although I I know from friends what's on it, so we I don't think I can tell you, but it'll, it'll be cool. You won't be disappointed. Okay. What I haven't seen is, so the Raptor, the first generation Raptor, you could use the locker in any mode. Okay. The second generation Raptor, the current one, makes too much ho- uh, horsepower for you to have the locker in two-wheel drive. Oh, is that true? So they don't even allow I, it. I didn't know that. So I'm thinking, well, what are they going to do for rear axle on the TRX? Because that's way more power. Hmm. Here's what's interesting. The front of the truck mm-hmm. has uh, the six lug wheels from the 1500. Don't tell me the rear has eights. Eight lug full floater. You're kidding me. Yeah. So check out this picture of the rear axle. Okay. And you can see- well, I may clank the microphone here, guys. Hold on. I'm going to okay. lean over so I can see his laptop. All um, right. So you see the eight and a yeah. full floater and then six up here. That's wild. Has anyone ever done that before? Uh, six and an eight like that? No, that 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 won't be for production. They'll have oh. it'll have the same wheels all the way around. I'm just saying from a strength standpoint, they're testing it with a full floating eight lug rear axle. Holy! So mackerel. that tells you the amount of power that's going for it. So it'll be basically probably be a fifteen hundred truck with uh, eight lugs, all the way around. Wow, I'm guessing fifteen hundred with eight lugs. Yeah, I, uh, that would be a first, right? Uh, Ford did a F one fifty seventy seven hundred package back in the day. It had seven lugs, which is super weird. I've and never there, even heard of a. And then there's truck. been some weird, like half ton plus. If I, you could get a Ram. Where would you find wheels for a seven lug truck? Uh, American Racing used to make them. Did they really? Yeah, they did. Okay. Um, and uh, these called they called the F one fifty seventy seven hundred or the F two fifty LD for light duty. Okay. That was back in like ninety eight ninety nine time frame, uh, and then you could get a Mega Cab fifteen hundred Ram for a while. And I'm not sure if it came with A-lugs or not, but it was like a 1500 plus. Okay. So just sort of interesting. But uh, the fact that they're testing with an eight-lug rear axle should point that there is a massive amount of power going through the back <laughs> of this thing. The other thing that's sort of interesting is on closer inspection, the lower control arms are a uh, completely different shape than what the standard RAM is. And it looks like it has some anti-kick geometry in it. So mm. uh, It's going to need it. Uh, that it's. I'm excited. Wow. Super excited. So uh, we have no idea any kind of a time frame on that, of course, right? Uh, I would expect, and this is not me actually knowing, probably uh, auto show season for next year. Oh, that soon? I would think so. Yeah. Okay. Perhaps even LA at the end of this year. How do we get our hands on one? I know people. Wow. I'll drive wherever I need to drive to take a drive in that. Are you going to take a day or three off work? I could. What if we have to go to Michigan? Yes. Uh, hmm. Yes. Absolutely. And I would enjoy, we would do two things. Well, twofer. We'll visit them and we'll visit uh, Alpine of Alpine of America's new uh, headquarters. Yes, they are finally uh, making the move. Uh, Alpine is moving to Detroit, from yep. Torrance to Detroit. What a crazy decision. <laughs> yes, it's very odd. We've got lots of, uh, lots of friends who are, uh, who are lot, not going. A lot it, of mixed emotions over there. Similar when Toyota left, uh, Toyota was in Torrance also right, and went to Texas. Right next to Alpine. And Nissan was in Gardena and went to Tennessee. Yeah. And so that has the, uh, that's called the South Bay area for those of you who aren't from Southern California. And it was a hotbed for OEs and, and automotive aftermarket. And um, everybody's moving away. Only Honda is left down there. Yeah. And uh, down in Orange County, closer to our studios is Hyundai and Kia. And uh, but everybody else has moved away, so it's kind of crazy. And when you have all that engineering acumen, and people don't want to make that move because they live in Southern California and they don't want to go anywhere else, that's that's tough. Could we, if, if we went for three or four days to Detroit, could we do? Could we line up like 
a couple things per day or yeah. I mean because I would love to go do a tour and, and tape a couple shows yeah um, we could easily do that at uh, we have at we have we manufacturers have and, yeah yeah we have friends and uh, we still got to get wait down to, we could AEV's got a spot there too don't I, they absolutely I'm okay. sure Matt Felderman would share some raccoons with us if we were to go up there <laughs> <laughs> wow if you can put that together I'm in I'll, I'll well, it'll I've be got vacation time it'll be later this year they're not going to let us see anything soon but right. uh, but yeah. We'll get our grimy little paws in there at some point. Okay. But I'm just happy to finally see the mules. And this one's not cobbled together with camo and stuff. Like, this looks It's out in the pre- open. It's out in the wild. Legit. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty exciting. So, uh, yeah. There you go. What's new in trucks? Holman, thank you. I actually learned quite a bit on that uh, little segment you got there. Send us an email or maybe a voicemail. How about that? Five-star hotline, 657-205-6105. The Truck Show. The Truck Show. The Truck Show. Oh, oh. Don't forget, uh, email in case uh, you didn't know where to find this Truck Show Podcast at gmail.com. And on our socials, at Truck Show Podcast on everything but Twitter, because we hate Twitter. <laughs> yeah, we do. Although it is at Truck Podcast. Yeah. Oh, it's, but we're not going to use it. We're not going to post it. At Truck Show Podcast was one one character too long for Twitter. Oh, is there? Yeah. <laughs> so it's at Truck Podcast. I think I looked last week. We have 32 followers. Oh, do we really? Yeah, that's pretty good. But do we, are we for just- not caring. What are we doing? We're sending our Instagrams there? Yeah, I, I do. Mean, okay, you're yeah. just forwarding stuff. And uh, I post episodes there. And Don't go there. It's I, not it's, a great it's, experience. It's not. Twitter's do awful. That. Just don't do that. Twitter is super awful. I mean, yeah, I don't- Mm. You know yeah. what's not super awful? A uh, five-year, 100,000-mile warranty from Nissan on the Titan and Titan XD. Yeah, that's super not awful. And uh, that Nissan Armada I have outside. Yeah, what's Is up it? with that? You got an Armada outside. Yeah, I, I noticed awesome. that, and I actually didn't realize it was yours at first. I thought it was one of the guys in the warehouse next door to us. Just one parked here with manufactured plates from Tennessee? I didn't see the plates. Uh, those things are awesome. You know what's interesting is uh, there's only three vehicles anymore that have, uh, or actually, I guess, four that are full-size body-on-frame SUVs. You got the Toyota Land Cruiser. Mm-hmm. You've got the uh, Tahoe Suburban Twins. Okay. And you've got the Expedition and the Armada. Huh. And so uh, the Armada, I love it. Big, big old 5.6 liter V8. Comfy. Yeah, it was, it's, uh, it's a little larger than I expect. Uh, wait. That's what she said. <laughs> you can't do that to your own bit. <laughs> well, I was going to do it. I mean, you weren't doing it, so I had to do it. Well, you have all the buttons. I don't have the yeah. buttons. Okay. So anyway, go uh, if you're going to check out Titans, but you need an SUV, go check out the Armada. Absolutely. I'm a big fan. You get a ton of value. I think I priced out a, uh, I want to say it was like the RST Tahoe or something like that. It was like high 70s or low 80s now mm-hmm. for like fully loaded. Oh my God. The, is that uh, much these days? The Armada fully loaded, 67. With captain's, captain's chairs in the second row with TVs inside, sunroof, uh, rear climate control. Are you enjoying it? I like it a lot, yeah. Okay. We uh, actually took a, uh, the whole family, packed everybody in it, and headed down to San Diego the other day. Oh, okay. So it was a good road trip machine. Perfect. And what about decked? Uh, you should shove that right in the back of your pickup truck, especially if you have a Titan. <laughs> uh, not that you, you know, have a Titan and needs it. Right. But in case you have a pickup truck, that I just happens I think it's a to, pretty darn good compliment. To a Titan or or any pickup for that matter, unless you have Titan boxes, then oh. you just should stick with those. Yeah. Well, I mean, we, we got we're we're trying to promote decked here. So if don't order Titan boxes, right. but then get the deck system. Yes, in your Titan? that's the idea. Here's the thing: is yeah. is decked will fit any truck, van, midsize, full size. Mm-hmm. They have those uh, magical drawers that haul. Everything pull, pull out haul well, things. No, they well they they don't haul things. They you, you store stuff in them. Somebody posted on our uh, I think it was our Instagram. Mm-hmm. Somebody made makes uh, foam inserts for the deck drawers, 
that have cutouts of everything. Wait a minute, you're talking about like a third party, not decked? Yeah. Somebody else? Yeah, they like make decked accessories. Decked is now so popular <laughs> that people make accessories. Yeah, so somebody, some guy had it rolled out, all of his tools were all perfectly like mounted so they wouldn't roll around inside the deck drawers. Wow. I'm like, that's pretty cool. Decked needs to buy that company. Yeah, they do. Or, integrate it. Or make their foam pieces. <laughs> yeah. I like decked. I do like decked. I like Nissan too. Yeah. Hey, did I tell you I'm going to Greece? Time to end the show. Thanks. See ya.